0: Powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina. And broadcasting from the Drew Estate Studios in California. It's episode 253 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome the one and only Tim Wong back to the show. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Douglas Race has introduced another chapter of the saga. Saga Celeste. So it's a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Slez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. The Saga Slez carries a bundle of Cuyoyo lore and Peloto Cubano, wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Clara wrapper that generously delivers with elegance, a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in three sides at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Slez. And by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is top-selling humanoids around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy... Cuban Seed Nicaraguan Sungrown and a dark, oily Cuban Seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel's wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo's got a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, the Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Mensa 70, and many more. For great, uh, for great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Orsa Leaf. Great leaf makes great cigars. Aganorce Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of their Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa, Nestle, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of the JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian Farm, or Casa Fernandez cigars, you experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorce Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorce Leaf. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diploman App on your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on, Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Networking shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime, episode 253. It's December 22nd, 2022. It's Christmas Eve, 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 I guess you want to say it. Will Cooper here. I am in the Perdoma Scott Studios on the Black Stage. Uh joined cross country by my good friend
1: and colleague, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm a bit under the weather, but um getting along, I guess. You know,
0: I gotta just tell the audience Aaron is is like he answers the bell every time. And you know, I you know, he he's under the weather and he's here tonight. So there's no softballing with Aaron uh when when it comes
1: to doing the show, and I appreciate that. Uh, cause I told him if you don't feel good, don't do the show, you know, but, uh, well, I, I can make it. I just can't smoke. And unfortunately, Kim was going to be here in the studio and then I didn't want to get Tim sick. So, uh, we kind of made uh, a prearrangement to, to make it so that we could, uh, get him set up and still be on the show tonight.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but you know, it's a, you know, it's kind of, we've done this thing with Tim for, we started. We started the show. I think it just kind of turned out. We started doing this Christmas show. We either I, I think we were doing it maybe the week of Christmas. We did it for a few years, and then the, obviously the pandemic hit, and then there was some challenges after that. Yeah. Um. And this year, we. Were, uh. I, I. remember I heard Tim was on with Bear and you, and he said, "Hey, you know, let's get this back going." I'm like, yep. and I. I reached out to you. I said, "I'm in." So, uh, let's welcome Tim back, uh, Tim Wong here. Tim. What's up,
2: gentlemen? I am very, very happy to uh, be on uh, on the show with you guys, and uh, you know, and that's part of it, you know, because I actually live in San Francisco. My family's all here, so I was able to go out to Aaron's uh, compound, and uh, I don't know what you call that thing—a bunker. Uh, I'm sorry, studio. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, whatever you, know, you want to call it, doesn't matter. Just,
3: I'm, not, I'm not a good time smoking.
2: So I was, I was very actually, you know, I did miss it the last couple of years. So I did. I just mentioned in passing, so I'm glad uh, you know Coop reached out and said let's do it again. And uh, before we go any further, I did say it on Bear's show, and I do mean it. Nobody does those reads better than Coop. I mean, that, to, year after year, I'm just impressed. I, I don't things. know about
0: I don't know about that, <laughs> uh, but thank you very much on that, Tim. I do appreciate it uh, for sure. Um, and uh, like I guess I'm glad we were able to still do the show tonight because um, I think you know we this is something we started doing the show when we when we started out. We did it for, like I guess, said a few years, um, but most importantly, Tim, I, I wanted to just ask you the question. I mean, I think a lot of people want to. How are you doing personally right now? I think is what a lot of so, people.
2: So yeah, okay, yeah. I, I'm. Thank you for asking. You know, I don't. Um, a lot of people know. Maybe some do not. But uh, you know, 2022 was a lost year for me. Uh, I did have some health issues that started. Well, it's almost been one year. Uh, it's the one year anniversary, January 15th of last year, and um, you know, because of my illness, I uh, actually had you know. Well, for lack of, a, you know, I'll be honest, I mean, there's no other way to, to kind of soft sell it, but I had part of uh, my right foot amputated. Um, and it's been a year of recovery, you know? I mean, I, I learned a lot of things and especially like, you know, doing what the doctor's asked to do, um, working and, and dil- doing diligently to, to uh, recover. And, and uh, you know, at this point now, 12 months into the process, I just got my uh, prosthetic. I'm walking again and uh, I'm very happy that I'm not experiencing a lot of, uh, you know, because, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen in 11 months if you don't do that because I was, you know, immobile for 11 months. I actually, you know, have no problem walking with my walker. I mean, balance is is one thing, but strength and stamina, I, I'm actually pretty smooth with it. And I, I think it's one of those things where you just you continue to make progress. And uh, as, as long as, uh, you know, I'm I'm good with the doctors, I'll be all right. So I appreciate you asking. I think that you know, I'm almost there. Now, the final steps are getting to the point where I can walk without assistance because that's probably four to six months away. And then learning how to drive again because, you know, I I get stir crazy. I'm stuck in my house. I'm at the will of uh, uh, my friends who are nice enough to come drive me. I can't even uh, get an Uber sometimes because, uh, you know, prior to just a month ago, I was uh, confined to a wheelchair. And you know, you've got to get the special wheelchair accessible vehicles, and no matter what they say in that Uber app, there's none available ever. <laughs> so,
3: right, right. I cannot, you know, you know,
0: know, if I want to go
2: down the street and get some bananas, it wasn't possible. I had to order thirty five bucks worth of uh, groceries from Amazon to get them. You know, so.
0: Right. Sure. You were to trade but show, weren't you? you? You did make it to the trade show, right? Yes. Yeah. No. That uh, is, P- that's a big accomplishment. That, that's a big accomplishment, Tim. To get PCA to the trade
2: was show. sort of my tentpole. I, when I when this happened, I was like, come hell or high water. I want to be healthy enough to attend the show. And I was uh, lucky enough to yeah. do that. I did, I did it from a scooter. And again, it was a very, very uh, blessed uh, event for me in the sense that every time I drove more than five feet, somebody would come over and say, Oh God, we're glad to see you. We prayed for you. Um, and then you know, we're glad to see, Oh uh, yeah. Just that you're here. And then you're able to, to be with us. Cause you know, it, it, it was scary. You know, you just didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. So that was always, uh, I was very reaffirming that to have that happen and, and, you know, to to be able to just be among, you know, the community and be among people was a was a big deal for me. So now my goal for next year, I think PCA is gonna be a, a tenfold for me as well. I wanna be able to walk that floor without a cane or without anything else. I, I mean I may still be my scooter, but at least I'll be able to to get around if I, if need be on my own power. So that's sort of my goal for for this year, uh, 2023.
0: No, I can understand, but Tim, there's no shame in using a scooter at PCA. Okay, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it. Okay, so I did, mean, did, yeah, did,
3: I, did you see so my good. scooter brigade? Yeah, yeah,
2: I had to do a couple of uh, you know tours with some of the boost with like four or five scooters in tow. You know, yeah, so yeah. it was it was fun. Actually, I, I, I you know you're you're correct, yeah. but I'd like to be able to at least you know for for yeah. some of it be on my own power.
0: So yeah, no, I can. It's totally good to have do. goals. Yeah. <laughs> I, can totally, I can totally understand that, and you know, Tim, I I know you're not smoking tonight. Um, yes, so I'm sorry, but you not by choice, right? Not by choice. But you are you have gotten back to your smoking routines, of course. and Thanks. are you back to your like like for folks who don't know, Tim is the is the biggest chain smoker of cigars, premium cigars, I've ever met.
2: It's not as much as it used to be because mainly a lot of the um, I don't get to go visit his shops as often as I like. Um, right. And usually, when you go see four, five, six shops a day, you're enjoying a cigar with the with the proprietor. Uh, and then, you know, it's because LA is LA. I'm, you know, spending a lot of time in the car. I would smoke in between visits, so that's how it added up very quickly. So, you know, now it's two to three a day because um, I am working. You know, half to most of the day all electronically, text and, and email and telephone. So I can sit on my patio and enjoy a cigar too, and then you know, one in the evening. So. Yeah, I, I'm back to smoking, but uh, I'm still building, uh, you know, mine. And then at PCA, I did not got a lot more than I probably should have. Right. But, you know, the docs the docs are always like, yeah, well, are you going to follow our, our our diet for you? <laughs> of course I am. Right. Are you going to take the meds and do the rehab? Of course I am. Can you stop smoking? No, doc. <laughs> do you like the insurance money you're getting from me? I know how much they build me. So yeah. that's how I'm paying for all this stuff. So right. you got to leave right. me that one, you know.
0: Right, right. You know, it, when I had my medical issues a few years ago, uh, yeah. they actually encouraged me. When I was, they said, "Wait a little bit," but they said, "If the, yeah. if the cigars relax you, go ahead and smoke, That's but do right. it with moderation." Yeah. Is what they told me. Yeah. So, that was the
2: worst part of being in those that kind of rehab facilities because beautiful garden. to take me outside. Look, you're outside. I'm like, look, this this corner is probably a hundred feet from the door. It's not even, and there's, it's open to the next door, neighboring property. Can I smoke one in here? They're like, "No, sorry, there's no smoking in the hospital." I mean, the like the the therapists and the, the nurses in the world, they all want to smoke one with me, but. Yeah. yeah. Hospital policy is hospital policy. So uh, okay.
0: All right. So I got to ask, was there a point where you did get to smoke at the rehab facility?
2: Uh, I know. Oh, no, okay. no, no. I, okay. I tried.
0: You I tried, mean, though. I
2: begged. I begged. I had the, the lighter and cigar in hand. They would not they would not budge. So <laughs> no. And I'm sure that everybody would have come over and joined the staff. Would have loved to smoke a cigarette at the same time, but it sets a bad I, precedent. They,
0: apparently, no. And they had the Tim. They they really had your best interest here. I'll be I'll I'll, I'll defend course. them a bit here on this one. I, I was just wondering if you found the yeah. way because if there anyone, no, way, it would be you. I didn't
2: push. I didn't push that hard. Right. right. So I pivoted immediately to oh if you can't do this, can you at least get me a popsicle from the, from the cafeteria? Yeah. yeah. you yeah. Negotiate. and you can, <laughs> There are other things you need too. So you eventually you get something because they just feel, right. feel bad and guilty for you.
0: When I was recovering from my sepsis and I was, I, was, I had the pick line in for the antibiotics. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't smoking, but I was able to drive. Right. At least. Right. So I would go to, the, I would go to the cigar shop and I'd hang out there and I'd, I could just take a like a quorum yeah. cigar, nothing against a quorum, right? But one, I could just kind of dry smoke. I was doing that, yeah. you know, and it was kind yep. of cool just to get out of the house. So I did that about, sure. but I went about again, 45 days before I started smoking again.
2: Yeah. My recovery process between the rehab facilities, the hospital and the, uh, what they call the boarding care facilities, six months into the process, about three or four months in, when I started to get to the point where my recovery was enough for the doctors would okay me to, Kind of leave the facility, so somebody would come and pick me up. That's when my friend started like, "Come on!" And the next thing you know, we're at the beach or we're at the cigar lounge smoking oh, yeah. cigars. So there, there were a couple of chances to sneak some in, and and they were as long as they didn't do it on the premises, they didn't really care. No, so, oh,
0: okay. yeah. Yeah, hey, I remember you. Are you when you you split your time between Southern and Northern California, right?
2: Yes, well, okay. I live in now Southern California. I'm based out of there now permanently, but my entire family is Northern. But I've okay. lived up and down the state, you know, pretty okay. much the entire state. So
0: because I remember you hooked me up with that store in Glendale, the was it the humidor or something? It was yeah, Port that's Rose. a I I love that place. Yeah, I love oh, that yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. That you'd
2: never the- you'd never think it was a, a big store because they only have a hundred and fifty foot lounge because that is a city ordinance. Yep. You can only have ten percent of your storefront be the it's can't even be called a lounge, it's the tasting area. The tasting but area, then, right but they build a patio back and the patios were towards that, oh, anyway, that patio so. was
0: nice. I went out there yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. When it got, it got yeah. a little warmer, uh, in the, cause yeah. it was cold the morning I got there. They actually had, they actually had snow flurries that morning, but then it really warmed up. Nice. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: And, and they got, have some heaters out there that will, will, uh, will, like, will warm it up quickly if need be. So.
0: Yeah. And it was walking distance from the hotel I was at, which was like, yeah, it was, it was yeah. perfect. That was a perfect place you hooked me up with. Yeah. And, if,
2: and if they liked you and they made you Armenian coffee then you're in.
0: Yeah. Uh, I got the Armenian coffee. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I got really good service there, so it was a, a lot of yeah. fun. I did hit the. T- well, I won't lie to you. I I felt some of the California sales taxes on the cigars. Okay. Of but- <laughs> yes. Well, I blame, like, but I didn't blame the shop. I mean, I kind of yes. knew that going in. That was going to be the drill. So. Uh,
2: well, that but, sales uh, tax is the, is the is the cherry on top of the sundae because you got the tobacco tax, the FET, and then the sales tax on yeah. top of that. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, so no, it's really good. Uh, like I said, I'm glad. I'm glad you're. Okay. I know when we had the Zoom call last year, Hector set up that Zoom call with a bunch of us. That was uh, it was great to talk to you then. And uh, I could tell you, we were all asking Hector about you every day. Yeah. Bear was well, asking I, three I, times. Bear was asking three times a day. I I won't <laughs> lie to you. He the was two ready, people right, could... right. and Hector just said, "Look, well, well, you know, he was, yeah. he was being the gatekeeper for everyone, yeah. giving us the news." Yeah. yeah.
2: The two people that I do have to, to, to openly thank is, you know, Hector being one of them because he was part of that, that phone tree that started, and then you know uh, Eric and then Junior and a lot of other people got got in uh, and helped out afterwards. But he was kind of the one that sort of the, found my sister, and my sister started feeding him information, and that's how the information started to trickle down. So, but the two of them were very kind of vital in, in passing information out to to people. And, they were people who they, uh, other people, whether industry wise or my family went to to get information. So, I mean, it was very kind of them to be concerned and get, get information out to other people and say, hey, yeah, you know, Tim's going to be all right, or he's doing this. And he's, you know, trying to work through these st- uh, stages of recovery. So, he was very, very instrumental in getting information out for me and letting people know that uh, I was going to be okay
0: yep no he was great he was definitely great on that so we we did appreciate that um as well and like i said uh when we started getting the good news that was that was even you know that was great news as well so um i'm just gonna mention but because uh tim and aaron are not smoking tonight i'm gonna make it up for them and i'm smoking (laughs) original documents number one gifted to me by uh aaron nielsen um next year
2: I'm flying to the
1: Prodomo Studios. Forget Aaron. I want to come there smoke with you. That's the way
0: to do it. <laughs> you know what's funny? I I don't I don't want to speak for Aaron's studio, but you know I've been to now several media guys' studios, and and they're more impressive looking until you like. Well, I don't want to. Matt Matt Ty's example exam, Matt ty has got a great setup in his studio. I mean, it's really professional. Um, but mine's not very impressive, is what I'll say. So. but I do have yeah. I do have areas we could smoke. So you could definitely right. smoke here. Um, and I tell people when they come to Charlotte, hey, if you're in town late, just come out here. Uh, I got now real chairs and stuff where you can smoke and you can smoke to you, know, as late yeah. as you want. So,
2: and you know, I always talk facetiously, but I enjoy the the um, studio that Aaron has. It's a great, uh, a little um, enclosed space and, you know, no one's going to bug us. And you know, it's yeah, it's a fantastic place to smoke a cigar. So,
1: can It can be warm and smoke it, you know, in the evening. For yes. Yep.
2: Right. Or when we when we do the show, it could be cold. It's yeah, <laughs> on
1: the backyard. True.
0: True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I was out in California uh, a year and a half ago, I think you were in Southern California. Right. Yes. Yeah, you weren't around that
1: week. I remember we were talking, but yeah, you were you were not around. So, yeah, he and came up. It- he came up and it was December. We all got together at Rob's house. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. That
2: was a like a year ago too, wasn't it? Or last yep. year, two years ago? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that we watched a bunch of football and smoked a bunch of cigars at Rob's house. Yep.
1: exactly. On came out. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's yeah. right. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, and then when I was in Southern California, you were you were traveling. That you weren't around that day when I was there. So
2: right, it kind of happens that way. That is that is part of the uh, the job requirement. So
0: yep, yep. You got to be able to move around <laughs> and sell. Yeah. And sell. Um, you know, for folks who don't know, Tim is Tim is a broker. We'll talk about some things he does in the broker world. And he also has uh, owned a cigar brand, Pure 28 Cigars. And Tim, I think I, I'll ask, you know, I know obviously you've had some personal challenge, but where is the status of the brand right now? I know you've, you know, you've launched well, Four Lines. What are your plans going forward with that? Sure.
2: So 2023 actually is going to be a, a big year for me in the sense that it's actually my 20th anniversary in the cigar business. This will be my 20th year. So I do want to do uh, some things around pure 28, absolutely bring it back um, some, uh, obviously, you know, we, we've, you know, being a lost year for me, you lose a little bit of momentum, but I'm very you know grateful that a lot of guys are keeping it alive and there's still some of it available out there that they're still smoking, but, you know, based on what, uh, what availability is going to be and, and we'll see whether, we can schedule some of that. I know that I've had some conversations and I do expect it to be back and I do want to do something that's going to be, um, you know, celebratory of that, that anniversary for me. I know it's kind of, you, you know, you get a lot of anniversary cigars and, you know, but this one to me is, is, is something that's should be celebrated because it is, it is actually, you know, uh, uh, synonymous with my time in the cigar business so you know i got some ideas for it i've always wanted to do an el and then i wanted to do some things for you know chinese new year because you see a lot of that uh, and and, you know based on my cultural heritage i want to include some of that so maybe i can translate that idea into this 20th anniversary cigar so you know there are plans obviously you know it depends on on what the, the um the time frame is and whether or not we can get capacity to, to put them together. And, uh, but obviously it's the same with the date that makes the most sense. And that's what I've used as a, a platform every year has been PCA. So uh-huh. um, I'm hoping that maybe we can at least want to get closer um, to, to that date, uh, figure out that can be the platform to launch it. And obviously as soon as I get more details and I can get more concrete as to when things will start rolling, we'll be in contact and we can definitely uh, talk about where it's going to be, but you know, for intensive purposes, I do believe it's going to be back next year in some form, and we'll see what the, we're going to be able to produce. And, I, and I'm very excited to, to do that, to have an anniversary start to commiserate the uh, time that's spent in this business.
0: Nice, nice. You know, Tim, when. Um... When I was out in San Francisco, uh, I just mm-hmm. want to show you. I I know you, I I, I made. took ha- the picture. I, I remember. I just want to know. I did take yeah. the picture. I <laughs> yeah. I I, I yeah. actually took it from my car. You can see. I pulled oh, over yeah. illegally to take it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah, because there he's on the Embarcadero, and there is no parking where he's at. No, he's there's no parking. The yeah. <laughs>
0: There is no parking right there, so I said, but I'm getting this um, picture. I, I did not try for a selfie, but uh, I did, <laughs> yes,
2: yes. But I, I just want it's great that the uh, coop was able to verify that that place actually does exist. <laughs> I didn't make it up, you know. <laughs> so, and yeah. uh, you know, it is, it is. I would drive down that street to, get to my house every you know, every time I came back from uh, from the southern part of the you know, the, the bay area because it comes in that way towards uh, where I was living at the time, and you would yeah. pass that and now. You didn't. You weren't able to get the bridge, but right above but the, that, bridge, it,
0: the bridge. Yeah, I have pictures yeah. of the bridge somewhere. I haven't been able to find those, but yeah, yeah. I did. I did take pictures of the bridge area. Um, I drove down a little, and I was able to pull over and take those pictures. So, because uh, yeah, it's right by the Bay Bridge, as you said. It was. It was yeah. exact That's how I knew where to go because I remembered you said, "Well, it's right by the Bay Bridge on the San Francisco yep. side." Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So,
2: no, I was very. I was very chuffed when you said that picture. I was like, huh. I was yeah uh, you know, looking for for my landmark, so that's awesome. I yeah.
0: appreciate it. No, no, it was good. It was good. Like I said, that was. I uh that was yeah. just the day I was uh, walking around San Francisco. Um, uh, I was very, by the way, hard city to smoke in, man. I mean, oh yeah, I yeah, I no did. I I ended up going to uh Mill Mill Valley to tell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. And then yes. and then I went to Aaron's. Uh, actually, we got together with Aaron and his friends the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, it, it, as long it, as you
2: get. Further and further out from San Francisco proper, it becomes less hard because yeah. they've got the lounges and the facilities, but yeah. just in the city proper, there's only two or three places. And most of the places where you could smoke have kind of gone away. Now, yeah. it's not even cigar stores because yeah. you've got like lounges, you know, you've got Cigar yeah. queue or something, you know, A50 Cigar Bar. You've got the, you know, um, Occidental. They're really not quite cigar stores. They're more
3: lounges but, where you can. Store
2: and them. I
0: knew that, yeah. And I knew that people would say, "Well, you're going to go?" I said, "No." I said, "I have cigars with me." I said, I'd "Really mm-hmm. like to see a cigar store." Now, Telford's didn't disappoint me. Uh, I, I, I spent some mm-hmm. coin there because they had some old yes. stuff there. So they have
2: the gold room in the back with all the inventory, the stuff that they've been uh, they've had stored away for years. Yes, You know, that's that's the kind of store you can go in and go. Well, I would really want some Davidoff hundredth anniversary Diadema. So oh, We got that. How much is it? Oh, Six hundred dollars. What? Because it's a collector's <laughs> value for that that stuff. But they have it, and yeah, you, yeah. if you want it, you're, you're going to be able to get it there.
0: what was funny is I didn't need to go there because I ended up dropping enough coin on stuff they had out. So, right. uh, and it was a oh, con- yeah. there was some new stuff that had arrived as well that hadn't smoked with some of the older stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah. it, it kind of worked out like that when when I did okay. it. So.
2: And um, yeah, you walk in those cabinets and you go, well, "I don't have a lot of cigars." And so then you realize you spent forty-five minutes walking around the entire yeah. store going, "They got a lot of cigars in there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. but no, yeah, I wanted to show you the Pure Twenty Eight picture. So, my question back on Pure Twenty Eight is: will, you, will the, will the core lines also be coming? Like, are they gone? Sure. Really? Or, or are they on no. hold right now?
2: So, you know, I think uh, we've had this conversation uh, before, and you know, I want to kind of. My philosophy since the beginning is to kind of build it in what I believe is sort of the correct fashion, right. and that is to have actual core lines that will continue to be there, as what they're supposed to be, core lines. Um, and when you start to make, you know, base the uh, cigar lines based on small batches or, or you know, tobacco blends that have uh, a shelf life because there are certain components you can't get, it's hard to establish a brand, you know, because you want you want them them being consumers, you want people to be able to. Find the cigar, like the cigar, and get the cigar regularly. Right. You can always do limiteds later and and, uh, do short runs. So I I fully intend to, and now, you know, this is this gives this pause, gives me the ability to kind of review the sizes and look at what's selling, what's not, Mm -hmm. and possibly, you know, I'll put out the because you know, you know, as you know, there's only four sizes per blend. So maybe it gives me a chance to tweak, you Mm -hmm. know, what sizes are working, what sizes are not working, and it gives me a chance to probably possibly introduce some new things in terms of sizes. So, but again, that is all TBD, but yeah, I, I would, you know, the goal is to make sure there's some representation of all four blends um, and, you know, in the future.
0: Yeah, Could you build a nice following with those blends, Tim, people, yeah. people they go like that yeah. guy. And I thought one blend that you really didn't get a fair shot with because of the pandemic was the yeah. Connecticut. Connecticut yeah. The, the Connecticut, Connecticut just I, never I got a fair shot it. because of the pandemic. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And so again, that will be sort of a, uh, you know, as part of the the whole kind of relaunched as a brand as a whole, being almost kind of new, the the Connecticut will p- probably get a little more emphasis because it is the newest of the, sure. the, three, the four flavors.
0: Yeah. Um I enjoyed it. I remember where I smoked it. We were at the uh the fame the infamous PCA uh the Cigar Con press conference.
2: <laughs> oh
0: yeah. That's the that's Yeah, the
2: the media compound. I missed that too.
0: Yeah, well media compound's still going, yeah. Yeah, and I remember.
2: Yeah, so I think that's what we smoked. Is that correct? We I smoked. We just know. smoked.
0: We brought something to the compound. You brought something to the compound. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. A uh um. Uh, now you you didn't come to the compound this year, but it probably was a good. If you had to miss yeah. a year, this was the year to miss yeah. it. The yeah. we didn't have the best house. Uh, there was a some people called COVID. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we weren't there I, a lot. <laughs> when
2: I got back from that trip, and I said, like, you know, I. I had, you know, we, you always have that belief that, hey, you know, it's a trade show in Vegas. You're going to be exposed to it because people, you, you know, you have all types of people coming. There are some who are, you know, have the vaccination. Some who don't. That's a different belief system. You kind of go, there's a possibility, that, you know, you can only take precautions for yourself. But when I got back and I started reading all the reports that all these people started coming down with, I was like, oh, boy. But I took my tests and I dodged that bullet. So I, I guess I'm blessed. And that's it. I did not get anything, um, you know, not, not even any kind of cold or flu, I, I got back, you know, scot-free. So I guess, you know, maybe it was a, a good thing. Like you were saying, I didn't go there, but I didn't go anywhere. Basically, I was I was in that hotel and I stayed there and pretty much uh, just made sure I did the the job and tried to make sure that I didn't uh, overexert myself because I was still, you know, this is seven You're, months ago. Oh, time, yeah.
0: So. Oh, yeah. You you have yeah. Vegas. and That's a tiring week. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and you see it on Hector's face. You hang out with him. I mean, oh. one day that place is absent for everything.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember it was like one night he said, like, I know the night when they had Guy, he said, don't even count me in for the compound that night. He's like, he, yeah, said he knew yeah. he was going to be babysitting Guy that afternoon. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, and um, that was, you know, that was quite the experience. I mean, I don't know if you came by and saw what was going on, but yep. you, we were, you, we knew it was going to be a, a, a popular attraction because, you know, he's been one of those, those guys. <clears throat> I mean, that's been the most successful launch in Espinosa's history, right? Since February 2022. We've sold, you know, uh, a lot of boxes of that nickel sandwich. And he has been phenomenal in helping us promote that product. He's been, you know, um, part of it from day one. He believes in that product. He loves the business. And it's not not just a cigar that we, you know, did a collaboration with a celebrity. I mean, he's been, you know, supporting it every step of the way. To have to spend four hours in our booth at PCA and then come back and then spend four hours each night at, at Big Smoke, that's, you know. That's a big deal. uh, And so, and and people, you know, he has that, that because he's in the hospitality business, it just feeds into, you know, his, uh, his uh, uh, personality about that presenting that cigar. You know, it's very genuine and it's because he believes in it, uh, you know, and it's, he's been a participant, a full participant from the beginning.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I just got back from a trip and uh, I was, I could not find the chef specials where I am. And I actually did find them in a store. Um, And so I went because the long story short is, uh, I did get a chef special at, at the trade at the trade show from Hector, right. And he asked us to smoke it one morning, uh, at the uh, compound, and I think I ended up smoking it like after the trade show was over. So right. so yeah, I hadn't had I hadn't had it since then, and it was hot out when I had it. So sure, yeah. So I was glad to
2: it's different if you if you smoke the Habano on the maduro that's just special not only the size but the blend yep. is unique and that that salamone shape fantastic and yeah. i'm looking forward to the connecticut you guys did the, did the coverage on that we just yep, started yep. releasing a preview of the connecticut yep. for the knuckle sandwich last week so it should yep. hit some stores either right before or right after christmas uh and it's very limited because it's the only um Espinosa lounges and stores that uh, excuse my, excuse me supported knuckle sandwich getting a very limited number of boxes so you know right yeah. now the the bigger release is january so I'll, but i'm looking forward to see if yeah. i can get a handful just to try that out because i well, I, here, I
0: do so. know where i do know a lounge i can get my hands on them um so <laughs> that's can. that's easy yeah. so uh that's one the one miami is the one i'll, I'll just that's where i just know to go to, that's why i should just go every time yeah. Especially uh, for
2: our stuff. I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, um, but that's good there. Um, Tim, so what is you know, right now, as far as what your broker and what do you have, what do you have under the umbrella right now?
2: So, you know, we're, uh, I'm more part of a, a company called trendsetters marketing. So, uh, we cover all of uh, the West coast. My partners, uh, are in Arizona, Nevada, Idaho, they do Colorado, uh, you know, part of the kind of inner uh, the southwest, south, uh, you know, that, that area. And I'm uh, the west coast. And it, it, we have some, some uh, uh, brands that we share, but they also have some that they have that I don't have. And I, same thing, I have some over here. So my portfolio is, uh, it's almost all boutique focused. Uh, I've got uh, illusione that like we're talking about, uh, Espinosa. I do Southern Draw. I do Cavalier. Um, I have, um, black label trading. Um, so, you know, and I do, I just added West Tampa at the trade show. So I've got Ricky stuff uh, as okay. well. So those are six brands and I cover, uh, missile accessories as well. So, you okay. know, I think it's a very, very good portfolio. It's heavy in Nicaragua, but that's what my knowledge base is. That's what I like to smoke. Um, Cavalier is the only one that's made in Honduras, but again, they, they, we use a lot of tobacco that comes from Placencia, that is Nicaraguan, uh, you know, based, they, they do blend with Honduras, but you know, almost all of those brands use primarily Nicaraguan yeah. tobacco. And so that's, uh, that's the centerpiece of my portfolio.
0: That's good. Um, uh, I mean, obviously the big, I mean, Luzione, it was a big year for Luzione. They they're about to unroll the, uh, the re- the re, the rebrand. Correct. Um, yeah, so. and,
2: and, you know, it's, it's also, you know, doing things that, uh, um, Dion has hasn't done before so like if you guys were at the trade show and or read the announcements uh one of the big ones is that uh you know be, besides the restructuring and the reorganization of the products uh he's doing one of his first collaborations you know one of our uh, our new lines for 2023 is going to be the original documents Havana uh and that's going to be made out of uh, with AJ with yeah Jason, AJ Fernandez so I think that's a big uh, step because so now that like, gives us uh, you know another line that and a different uh, take on, on, on some of the stuff that uh, Dion's blending, which is, I think, fantastic for our consumers and for us. Uh, I think that repackaging really stands out. It's going to make it a little easier to, to see Illusion on the, on the, uh, the uh, shelves. I mean, it is true, we tell the story, but uh, you know, if you've, like, like you're holding that, that the number one, the bands that Illusion uses are very, very elegant, they're very simple, but they're also very small. And so yeah, we walk I into mean, a store. We we walked into stores on many occasions where a guy will come up to us and say, "Oh, I've never smoked a Luzion well, you're you've got one in your hand," and they just don't know, right? So yeah. this is I think it's going to make it a little more identifiable. Makes it a little easier for them to know, hey, yeah, I, I do like to smoke a Luzion. So all good things, you know, they're definitely growth of the company, and it's a natural evolution as you get to uh, you know more and more uh, more distribution, more sizes. You need to get a little more organized. So. I think that just shows growth in, in uh,
0: where this company is. So, Tim, you know, when it comes to Luzioni, I, I like to say when it came to this brand, I had to grow up more as a smoker before I really could appreciate this brand. I, and I, I don't know how to explain that, sure. but, you know, I, I've told the story even when Fred was on, like, it took me a while to understand and get Epernay. I, I didn't get it. Right. And then when Dion gave me the ECCJ, um, the twentieth, right? I went back to Epernay because you know it was Epernay ba- was based, on that and I got it right now. Like I'm smoking this original documents, I'm like you know, 15 years ago, I probably wouldn't have appreciated this cigar for what it is, and and now I, I definitely do.
2: The way that I explain it, and uh, no one has told me not to explain
3: it this way, right. <laughs> um,
2: is I think that uh, Dion is one of the most. um, uh, capable blenders when it comes to actually reversing the process. And so what I mean by that is, is, you know, what we've been told from day one or what the, you know, that the, the manufacturers have always said is that, you know, a uh, wrapper is 50, 60, 70% of the flavor and that binder uh, and filler doesn't necessarily affect the flavor that much. And Dion will tell you the exact opposite. I mean, all the flavors uh, of, for his blends, whether, you know, every day is one of my favorite daily smokes. whether it's original documents whether it's ultra uh eccj whatever it may be it's blended inside out in the sense mm-hmm. that his fillers are almost the drivers for flavor i mean the, if you talk to him his favorite the thing is, is to tell you that I, I want people to not only under understand the complexity and flavor but he also wants sweetness and so he's always looking for the tobacco that's going to blend is going to provide a sweet finish. Right. So um, and then the wrapper at the end is never emphasized. You know, and, and, you know, we don't, we don't no, we'll, Yeah, yeah. You say the original documents, most people don't realize that it comes in, you know, three flavors now. It comes in corojo, comes in candela, comes in, you know, but again, it's 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 not the wrapper that's emphasized. It's the it's the fillers and the combination of everything. And so I think that's a different philosophy because you know, people aren't used to being told. No, the, the the binder filler, um, you know, the way that the, because, you know, he uses a lot of double binder, the way that those, the binders are positioned affects the flavor as well. So those, you know, it's a it's a different way of blending that at least is not what's um, being the you know, presented as the quote unquote, you know, proper way, right? And proper is the wrong word, but the standard way that, that the cigars are produced. And I think that's, that takes a little bit of time to understand because you know, being told those things and then smoking it and then getting the, the like, like exactly like what Cooper's saying. Oh, wait, it took me, you know, a few cigars to understand this is different and this is the way that, uh, you know, it was meant to be. So it just takes some time to, to get that, it, you know, it, a lot of it's subtle. It's not in your face. And that's I guess also Dion Styles. No,
0: good, good point. Good point on that. Yeah. Um, I could see that, you know, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Tim, you mentioned West Tampa. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised that this brand's gotten I mean this brand took off pretty quick? Uh, yeah. I mean, what's are you surprised about that? Because I, I gotta admit am, I was a little surprised.
2: Am I surprised? No. Am I surprised at at how you know successful the the, the what they've achieved in such a quick time? Sure. The amount, right. yeah, because you don't know. I mean, you never know when you when you go on your own. You know, Ricky and I you know, both I work at with Ricky and Gus. Um, Ricky Rodriguez and Gus Martinez, the, the primaries at, at West Tampa, when we were at General, so you know we, we worked for a very um, you know large corporation and you know, there was a lot of infrastructure to help brands get launched. Now you're on your own, you're working without a net, and uh, you know they'll tell you when they first started, they wanted to do a very small retail focused brand, maybe 50, 60, 70 stores uh, initially around the country. And they were inundated. the moment they hit the the wire and they announced it, everybody's like, we want it, we want it, we want it. And it's a blessing and a curse, blessing being that, you know, yeah, great, this is going to be a success. But now your, your supply chain is overwhelmed because you weren't expecting this kind of success initially. So, you know, but thankfully, you know, Ricky's been doing this for a long time. He's very well established in Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican. He can get back down to the factory and go, hey, guys, we need to change what we're doing and, you know, he's able to ratchet up very quickly and, you know, by PCA, he was able to, to start, uh, you know, fulfilling orders much more quickly. Um, It's kind of funny. I don't know if you had him on the show or talked to him, but, you know, they've already established distribution in 25, 30 countries besides the U.S. Um, There's enough product out there to kind of, you know, meet that, not just the United States demand, but the global demand, because, you know, Ricky has some, some uh, notoriety around the world. So it's not just a, a a domestic launch; it really is a global launch for a small product like
0: that. Yeah, he was telling us at the show they actually launched; they shipped the first cigars to Europe before the U.S. Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: yeah. So he was okay. saying that to us. Yeah,
2: you know, and that's it, that's the biggest struggle is that how much do I save for domestic markets and how much do I, I establish in for you know, in the in the international markets? So that's kind of the, the battle of two of them kind of handle on a day to day basis
0: besides I bet. everything else. I bet yeah. you know it's interesting because you know in, you you work for. General before um, mm-hmm. You know and we see this happen that a lot of Folks when they you know General has a reputation Unfortunately Big is not like the big The big guys are never the favorites it's the small Guys that are the favorites right sure but, but yeah. We've seen all these guys leave General Rick Rick Jack Tarano um, mm-hmm. You I'll put you in there And yeah. and it's amazing the, the this, There's a community that they just They're embraced right away hey you know they, Ricky's the darling right now I mean, you right. he, he is the, sure. dar- and he's always been a great guy, like I said, but yeah. he's the darling right now in this yeah. industry.
2: Right. Um, you know, uh, I've worked for pretty much uh, everybody from from the smallest uh, micro boutique to the largest company in the cigar industry. And, you know, the best thing is that every situation provides you an opportunity to learn. Um, and I think Aaron, you both heard me say that when I started Pier 28, you know, take you what you make of your experiences and what you're able to take with you on the next, uh, the next uh, chapter of whatever you're doing in this business, it, it, it's all very valuable. And, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, you uh, as a consumer necessarily like things that are general cigar making in terms of cigar, you have to really kind of give it up for their, their process, for the way they, they acquire uh, you know, tobacco, they blend, they market. I mean, it's a phenomenal company when it comes to, you know, they, the way they take care of their employees. Um, so that's why you all kind of at some point in your evolution in this business kind of end up working for them or Altadas or Drew Estate, because, you know, you want to see what it's like to work for a company like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think I, I had this conversation with, with uh, Ben and with uh, Bear It's simple, you know, um, the number one beer in the, in the United States is Budweiser. Now, we might not drink it if you're a craft beer connoisseur or you like other things, but somebody else is drinking it. And why? Well, because no matter where you go, like maybe you don't know your craft beers or you're in some place where you're unfamiliar with uh, your your liquor store's beer uh, selection. I'm going I'm to drink Budweiser or I'm going to drink Miller Lite. The things you know, because you know it's going to be consistent. It's the same thing. Macanudo is the best selling cigar in the world because it's consistent, cigar to cigar. Whether you buy it from... Uh, you know, the liquor store, the cigar store, the casino, the gas station. And, you know, we as, you know, quote unquote, educated smokers may not like something like that, but the occasional smoker, the guy that smokes once a month, once every, you know, couple of, uh, every six months, whatever it might be, they're going to select that cigar because they know exactly what they're going to get. And so, you know, all those experiences help. And so you take that. And then of course, when you, uh, when uh, our time ends in general, you've got that experience to go with you onto. So, you know, Ricky, you know, again, he's starting from the other end of the spectrum, but he's got that knowledge base that, uh, you know, that 15 years in general, I mean, that's his, you know, greatest asset is that knowledge base. And, um, you know, that that works for blending, that works for marketing. He's fantastic, you know, um, and uh, uh, in-store people, that's part of the reason why the brand has launched so well. Ricky, you know, he, when he comes to a store, people love having him there. So all of these things, you know, are experiences that, General has kind of honed, and you can take that with you onto the next uh, the next thing you do. So I think that you know spending some time there is always a great opportunity to learn from you know the biggest. Com- yeah. They didn't get to be the biggest company without proper process. No. Well, not proper, but you know processes that are successful. So you can learn from that.
0: Yeah, I don't want to put words. You know, when Jack Tarantino is back, but I think when Jack Tarantino went there and, and then he eventually left, he, he he said he wouldn't have traded it for the world. I mean, he said you know he, the education he got there. Yes, right um, yeah. um yeah, so and i it, wouldn't
2: trade my time i mean I, I tell this all the time first 10 years of my life before i got the general my, my cigar career i spent it trying to beat up Macanudo because that was you know that was that was the competition yep, after yep. i've seen the dominican process after i've been there i will never say a bad thing about that cigar again yep. the, the, the care that goes into making that cigar is phenomenal and so you know it, it has to be appreciated for what it is
0: you know, I worked for a Fortune 500 company for a long time, and then I left to go to a startup, Uh, and the startup I got bought by that same Fortune 500 company, so I was back there in two sure. and a half years. But, you know, it's funny, right. when I left, I, there were some things I, I I missed, and on the other hand, when we got reacquired, the the Fortune 500 company got a little more agile in terms of how they did some things, so it was kind of interesting, sure. it was kind of in between, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I totally get it, so I mean, it's definitely good at the brand's definitely taken off. Uh, and like I said, it's good that you've just picked that one up for sure. Um, yeah. as well.
2: Yeah. So again, it's the best of both worlds, right? Because now you've got two entrepreneurs who are hungry to, for success, but they've got, you know, 15, 20 years of, of solid, solid, phenomenal experience to lead this, to this company with. So yeah. you yep. can't, you can't ask for more.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's good too. Like I said, and, um, And Gus is a great guy as well. I I knew Gus from his Mm -hmm. Macanudo days. So, um, you know, when when we were at the show, it was like we were reconnecting at the show for the first time in years. So it was a good thing as well. So, Tim, you know, as far as brokering goes, um, I mean, you've been doing a long time. It's it's a what are what are some of like what are some of the biggest challenges right now that the broker community is facing like in 2022 going into 2023? Is there anything unique, different? Uh, Maybe I'm just for folks may not have a perspective of that.
2: Yeah. So uh, let me just go take a step back and just kind of explain the difference between the two types of salespeople who are in the cigar business. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, the number one um, kind of sales position is what we call in-house, which means you work directly for a manufacturer and you are a salaried employee. So you now they cover your travel expenses. They pay you a salary. There may be a commission or some sort of incentive program on top of that but everything is covered by the company and you work for one company. The flip side is what I do is what we call brokers and brokers are uh, commission only employees, right? So we don't, we pay for our own travel, um, but we eat what we kill. So whatever you sell, you get a piece of a commission and it's a, it's a higher commission than than what an in-house guy was, but I don't make a salary. So, you know, so I have the ability to represent five or six different brands at the same time versus working for one. Right. So um, it's, kind of funny because what kind of feeds, I mean, for a while, the the broker was sort of a dying breed of salespeople, right? As as companies start to get larger, eventually they all want to hire their own in-house sales staff because you don't want your salespeople selling other brands if you can afford to pay them, but you have to get to a certain size to do that. So, you know, Perdomo, obviously, Drew Estates and your sponsors are all large enough that they can hire their own sales forces Smaller companies they they share it's like a timeshare you work for different ones, um, so what's happened though in the last few years is because more and more companies are still coming to the marketplace, um, it allows brokers to in fact new brokers to kind of enter the uh, the scene because these guys can no longer can't afford um, in-house representation and a lot of the existing brokers have full portfolios. So now you're starting to see more uh, new brokers come to the marketplace because there are more brands available. Um, however, it's one of those things where you got to establish very quickly because if you cannot get a portfolio that's going to pay your bills and pay your expenses, you actually pay to work because you know, if you're know you spending $3,000 a month on gas and hotels and not making you know $3,000 or more uh, to cover those expenses, it's coming out of your pocket. So... It's kind of a you know, trial by fire for a lot of guys who, you know, again, they, they don't understand necessarily what they're going into. They're just like, oh, I love cigars, so let me get a job in the cigar industry. I can, I can be a broker. I can, sell, I can represent stuff. It is a job, too. There are, there are certain things you need to do that are, are, are you know, um, actual checklist tasks. That It's not just you know, guys always say, "Oh, well, I want your job because they see us in a cigar store at an event smoking a cigar. Well, there's more, there's a little more to it than just me running around smoking cigars. So um, there is more opportunity because there's more companies. And, uh, you know, I think that's great because, you know, who knows uh, who the next you know great salesperson could be. Maybe these guys are bringing in people who um, may not have thought of, of doing cigar sales as a living. Um, but now they're getting an opportunity to do that. And that gives, you know, guys like me a, a little more opportunity because obviously you can handle more brands, uh, you can definitely uh, make more money but there comes a, a lot of diminishing returns, right? You can't have a portfolio that's got 15 companies because the, the back of the book, the last 12 or 13, 12, 13, or 14, 15, they don't get nearly as much time as the top top end of the book and it's kind of hard, it's unfair, right? So it's a balance where you have to kind of figure out how much can I handle? What brands make the most sense? How do they fit together? And those are all the things that the, you know new brokers have to figure out. You just can't continue to add brands willy-nilly. You have to kind of see how it all fits together so you can provide proper service to both the retailer, the consumer, and the manufacturer.
0: Sure, sure. Is there a point, though, like when you, you you get some of these brands, right, and you do very well with them, right? Right. And then there's a point where the company goes, hey, you know, you guys have done a great job. We're, yeah. we're now going to build our own yeah. sales force. Is it, it's kind of like bittersweet, I would say, right? Because at some point, you're right. like, hey, you did all this work, and now you're kind of going to lose them.
2: Yeah. The, as a broker, you know that if you do a phenomenal job, most likely your bonus, your, your gift for that is to be replaced. Um, and so, yeah. you know, you build it, you build it. And what happens is the, you know, the company starts to get bigger and then they can actually go and, yeah. and hire their own force. And, you know, and I'm not saying this is a, this is an evil kind of conspiracy. Usually what happens is if you do well, the company that you've done well with will actually offer you the in-house position. Yep. However, your in-house position may or may not equal what you can make as, as a broker, because, with five or six brands, right? That all of them contributing, if you're doing well, you can make, you know, considerably more money. However, it's it's riskier, right? Because you don't know, you don't, you have no parachute, you, no, you have no 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 base to save you. Whereas uh, as an in-house rep, you have that 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 monthly paycheck. Yeah. So it's a choice you have to make, and most brokers tend to like the freedom of of being able to pick and choose the brands that they have. The, to to be able to um, go out there and, and do their own thing and not be beholden to to one company, so you know obviously yeah it is it is a a, a fear that you know you've actually built the business up so well that you're actually your your reward is <laughs> you got to find a replacement yeah you know? but that is a risk but, you have to you do take so
0: yeah and then that becomes a challenge like what do you take in that you're going to invest sure. make that investment in yeah right. And this is
2: why trade Joe's are great because you start your pipeline there, right? You go talk yeah. to some people, yeah. you figure out who's, you know, what seats might be available, what what bandwidth you have. And, you know, there's always a constant dance of how to set your roster of brands.
0: Yep. Yep. So, no, it's a, it's a unique, I mean, I see, I see it with the brokers out here and it's, I see some brands, they, they turn very quickly. Like they'll bring it in and it's gone mm-hmm. quickly. just doesn't work out. And I always wondered yeah. why. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is that smaller companies do not have the ability to be patient. And what I mean by that is, you know, you've got, if you're a smaller company and you're ordering whatever it is, 50,000 or 100,000 cigars at a time, your cash flow is greatly restricted if you cannot turn those cigars in a timely, timely fashion. And it's unfair to sales reps sometimes because if you're a brand new brand that has zero, zero visibility, and I got to go and start seeding that. And so basically, sampling it out to stores getting getting consumers to try it because they're not buying ads in cigar aficionado or, or maybe they're doing small social media you know that the demand dictates you know the, the supply so you got to get it out into consumers hands they got to go this is pretty good i'm going to go buy another one and that's that's you know basic you know uh demand marketing right so they just they're so concerned about getting the cigars to the marketplace they they're you know, building their brands or building their boxes that they haven't really thought about how to, how to create image, how to create marketing, how to create demand for that product. So, you Uh know, if you ever want to start a cigar company, you know, there's not just one task, it's one through 50, right? And uh, you, you are your janitor, you are the box maker, you are the label application guy, you're your own driver, you're your travel agent, you know, it is is a, a big deal to start your own company, whether it's cigars or anything else, so. I that's bet. the toughest part, you know, and so basically after 90 days, if you can't move the needle, they're on to the next broker because they have to be, they, they need to, they need to find somebody that's going to, you know, make an impact so that they can go on and order their next round of cigars and get the cash flow they need to continue to operate.
0: I bet, I bet. You have another challenge, I think, though, Um, and maybe it's not a challenge, you can tell me, but the west coast seems like a very different like territory compared to what we see east of the mississippi would sure. you say that's true and what are some of the unique things about the west coast because you've been all over the country right but yes. what's the different I, about this west coast territory
2: i would say that's true of most of the country right every there's, there's going to be regional differences
3: everywhere
2: mm-hmm. so the biggest thing you know and especially uh, out in california california is its own say like washington oregon i would in Idaho, I actually call it different territory because right. the rules are different there. So obviously, here you deal with a high tax state, which means a lot of uh, uh, retailers lose business to online vendors, um, and that's you know that's not their fault because you know the online vendors have a, a built-in advantage where they don't have to charge the state tax. And this you now state of California is sixty-one point seven three of wholesale, so every you know dollar the cigar costs a dollar. The state wants 61.7 uh, yes. cents in tax. So uh, and that's something you can't avoid. So that's right. why you know people come to California from, say, you know, Pennsylvania, where there's zero tobacco tax, or Arizona was 22 cents. And they're like, why are my cigars $5 more? Well, you can thank the state of California for that, right? So retailers have that uh, uh, disadvantage because those the, the, a lot of the consumers would just buy the box of cigars uh, online. However, you know, what we say this all the time at events, where are you going to smoke it? You buy a box of cigars from one of the online vendors, you're going to smoke it in your backyard by yourself. If you like the socialization, so we do have the unique thing. People always, again, how do you live in, they ask me, how do you live in this, you know, the People's Republic of California? Well, you know, there are some advantages. We do are still allowed to smoke inside of cigar stores. We do have cigar lounges. In Washington, you cannot smoke indoors. I um, mean, you have a couple of private uh, lounges in in seattle and some uh uh, indian casinos where you can smoke but you can't smoke in cigar stores so we have that advantage so a lot of guys you know they'll come and they understand you got to support your local cigar store to use the lounge so that's how retail survives you know we have the ability to smoke and they become stores to become candy stores so they sample it there and if they like something you know every retailer and every manufacturer knows they're going to go out and buy it so but again maybe we can capture some of that business and no, we've, you know, it's an ongoing struggle, but, you know, you try and train the, the consumers to understand it. Spend some of your budget online, spend some of your budget retail. If you like the, you know, the fact that you can smoke here and your friends are smoking here, support that store. Because, yep. you know, if it goes away, you, 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 now you're smoking in your backyard. It's not the same.
3: Yeah, exactly. So that's,
2: that's, that, that's how we kind of deal with it. And, you know, one of the biggest advantages, and nobody likes to hear this, but California, is one of the biggest uh, economies in the world, right? So we can afford to pay for that cigars. And, uh, you know, even if we hate it and, they, and not everybody needs to to save the 20 or 30 bucks, if they really want that box and they're just going to buy their occasional smokers, they'll pay retail for it. And, you know, that's great for the retailers here. Um, so, you know, it depends on the customer, but that's, that's the biggest difference is that we have that high tax and that affects the way the retailers do business and they can counteract that by, offering lounges and, and, you know, being a sort of a tasting, uh, um,
0: uh, if, if, you know, a tasting place for cigars. Great. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hear that a lot about the, the, we have that problem here too, though. It's not, a, the, you know, yeah, as far as I, like when my, when my son worked retail, he sort of happened all the time. Like they'd come in, they'd use it as a tasting thing. And then the next thing he'd see is a box of cigars in someone's locker that wasn't bought from the store. So, you know, and it's like, you know, but they're supporting, you know, he's like, what do you do? You, you tell him, no, it's like, some stores are very strict on it and other stores are lax on it, you know? So it, it depends on that, but you know, it happens.
2: Right. And, yeah. and, you know, again, it, it depends on how you want to be as a retailer. Right. Cause yep. I, I get, I see both uh, perspectives, right. Obviously you pay the rent and you, you know, it, it's annoying when somebody comes in and brings their own cigar in, even if you charge a, 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 uh, clipping fee right they, they're using yep. your wi-fi maybe you're offering free coffee
3: yep. and
2: they sit for four hours it, it, it's hard yep. to to see that and kind of go well, this is my business here but you know from a consumer's perspective yeah they don't understand that it's a business they think it's a lounge <laughs> you
3: <know? Yeah. laughs> uh, i mean it, it's a bar right
0: uh, mean, right it's right. hard
2: to explain it to somebody yeah. that, hey wait a minute here you're in yeah. somebody's business support the business yeah you
0: know? yeah i mean i okay I, I see like where i go is there's guys are great. They buy stuff and everything, and then I see other people sneaking the Ezra Zion stuff in. You know, so yeah. it's it's, it's ha- you know it's happening. So, right, yeah, we see it and
2: here. Yeah, you know, too. It's the same thing. Like the, the counter argument, we see it all the time in the Yeah, like, yeah. Well, you don't carry my brand here. Well, then pay the ten dollars to yeah. to let them clip it. You know, let's support the that, that that chair costs money. You're yeah. sitting in that didn't come from from yeah. anybody for free. You know? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you can tell the same, uh, the analogies all the time, right? You don't bring your own steak into Morton's or, or where's yeah. Chris, right? You don't bring your own hamburger. To yeah.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my position is a little unique because people know me in town and, uh, you know, so I, I, I feel I do have to buy from, from the stores I go and I'm fine with that, but you know, yeah. I, I can't get away with that. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, yeah. uh, you know, so because then well, uh, I, if I'm doing it, just... oh, yeah, it'll be on, it'll be on social media. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I don't want to be known as that rep that won't buy the cigar. So if I grab something off the shelf, I will offer to pay for it. Now, more times than not, they will not let me pay for it. But you got to make the offer at least, right? right, Look, I'm here to support your business. I'm not here to take a cigar off the shelf.
0: Yeah. I mean, a guy I'll just say who did that was like Mike from Cigar Hustle. He wasn't there. I went and bought like several cigars. And he was mad that I paid for them. I'm like, Mike, I'm gonna support you here. There's right. no problem. Exactly no, don't right. worry about it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a stand-up guy with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, so yeah, I
2: was I was on a podcast last night with uh, Derek from uh, Black Label, and we tell the story all the time. He was in San Diego, in one of my stores. Uh, just was on vacation, didn't tell me, and he wanted to buy some Black Label cigars because he was out. So he walks into one of the stores, and they just happened to get uh, something that he wanted. And uh, you know, he didn't tell who he was to pay for it. Well, the, the woman in the humidor, very diligent, called the boss and said, oh, hey, I did, can I release these cigars to him? They were in the back. And then uh, turns out she knew who he was. And he was like, no, do not charge him for anything. And you know he felt really bad. He's like, I, I wasn't trying to use my position to, to get a free cigar. Yeah. and so he, he got a back obviously because he controls the the billing's like well I gave them a credit for a free box yeah. but <laughs> you know how that goes right? at least the, you know that you don't want to be that known as that the guy that Oh, God, you know, I'm, I'm Coop. You know why I'm Cigar Coop? Give me that.
0: Cigar. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> right.
2: I'll mention the name of your store on my show, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. you know, I saw Manolo Casada do it. I saw Manolo Casada go into uh, a store and he saw a box. Of, it was one of the more limited Casadas he couldn't get. I don't remember mm-hmm. which one it was. He went up to pay for it and the owner saw it. He's like, no, you just take that box. He says, just right. make it up on my next order or something like that. You know, it's like, don't even worry yeah. about that. Yeah. So he's, uh, yeah. So I've seen, I, I mean, I've seen guys like that do it too. So, right. all right. All right. So, um, let's get it, Aaron. I'm going to save some of those other questions for the third segment. Sure. Okay. So we're going to answer some fun questions here. I got a couple of things to do with you, um, Tim. So this is 1st we are going to give you the cattle baron steak question of the night. Okay. Well, meat, this is okay. a meat question. It's related to meat. I love it. All right. So I've been changing some of these up lately. Hey. Don't and, you
2: know, I live in California. And I'm a vegan.
0: are you a vegan vegan? no okay i look like a vegan come on (laughs) so that's why i've been surprised with people so i I, uh so here 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 is the question what is your ultimate burger in terms of toppings and stuff give me your ultimate burger that you would love
2: i'm a simple guy when it comes to burger give me quality meat so i i love wagyu burgers i love you know uh, angus burgers give me a quality kind of pub style or, or a restaurant style burger um i have bacon avocado lettuce tomato and a fried egg and that's it i don't mean
1: cheese simple. of course but simple but... i'm fine i'm
2: talking about like fried like, peppers or whatever i've seen some of these. right i, I understand
1: them. the fried egg is a little i should say oh I no, please, say no, no basic, go basic, <laughs> basic,
2: yeah basic basic yeah. you know
1: if
0: so, you just yeah. get burger, onion, and barbecue sauce, I'm 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 like fine with it yeah. actually.
2: If I said yeah. bacon cheeseburger with a egg on it, would that be better? No, no,
0: not for coop, but <laughs> not for coop. no. <laughs> with the, you could say bacon cheeseburger. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. I it.
2: love that runny and that runny yolk oh, too. So don't do, don't,
1: yolk. don't even go there. Oh,
2: <laughs> so oh, good, you're yeah. stabbing me. Have you
1: ever had a? Have you ever yeah. for breakfast?
2: Have you ever had
1: a gras burger, coop?
2: Oh, which one? A gras burger.
1: I don't
0: think I have. It
2: actually has a piece of foie gras in the middle of it.
0: Phenomenal. No, I have not. Oh, it's
2: phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think I had it when the,
0: the
1: right, first I'm time even, I had I'm, it
2: was. Oh, go ahead.
0: What is that? You say? I,
2: don't, I don't even know. It's just a hamburger with a piece of foie gras stuff in the middle.
0: What is foie gras? I mean,
2: oh, it's it's uh it's uh, an organ from a goose, and uh, okay, it causes okay. all kinds of. Yeah, it's it's kind of like meat butter. Basically, it tastes like, like
1: a like moose, a moose out of the liver, right? i like they, uh, they, yeah, use, that, it's, they or, use
0: that in Beef Wellington sometimes. Yeah, I know correct. what you're talking about.
1: It, yes. Yeah.
2: It's like, a, okay, it's it, I think it's actually a pituitary gland, actually. Oh, okay. but I think it is. I know, what you're, yes, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yes, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But they stuff a chunk of that in the middle of the burger when they fry it, and it's absolutely phenomenal.
0: Yeah. I had, uh, when I was up in Minnesota, they do the Juicy Lucy burgers, and they put the cheese <laughs> inside the meat, basically. Sure. So it's a completely different, like, experience. Yeah. All right. So all right, that's good. That was our cattle baron steak question tonight. Now, Tim, I'm gonna test drive a brand new segment we're gonna be debuting next year. Um, and this is gonna be coming from Tobacco Lura, USA this segment. And it's called the ties that bind. Okay, and mm-hmm. here's how this works. So you're gonna be the first one to do it, and you're getting an easy one because I just want I just want to kind of see if this is gonna work or if I have to tweak it. All right. Um, I'm gonna name three things, three things to you. You have to tell me what they have in common, right? Okay. But it's going to be something more, spe- it may be more specific than what you say. Like, so you may say, um, these three things are vegetables, right? But I may say, well, what type of vegetable? More specific. It? Yeah, sure. so, so so, you'll get three shots, right, to do it. So you may say the, the first, like, I think the first one will be pretty obvious, but I'm looking for something more specific. So, and you'll get three mm-hmm. shots at this, okay? So yep. I'm going to name three, tonight I'm naming three people, okay? And you have to tell me the ties that bind them together okay so again it's probably a little less obvious than than what you think all right okay Jose Blanco Jack Tarano and Todd Vance
3: well
2: they were all national sales managers at one point in their careers
0: okay that's not the answer but but okay I see where you're going with it yep uh. I'll give you a second. So, so it's not that's not what the answer I was looking for on this, but it is true with that.
3: Let's see. Um, uh, I don't know about
2: Vance, but the other two have, you know, family history in the cigar business.
0: That is not the correct answer, Isa. I don't
2: know. I'm not if quite you,
1: sure. You you, you you want one more guess? So you uh Aaron, do you want to take the wanna, guess? I yeah. have no idea. Like this is gonna be way in the weeds, I think. Okay. And that, or it's gonna be it's gonna be something that's like really obvious that we just didn't get all right or something all right. like that. I you want me to reveal what the
0: ties that bind these guys were?
1: Sure. Oh yeah.
0: They have all worked for at least four different cigar companies. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's <laughs> I very mean,
2: specific.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, they, they, you know, they, they constantly find a job in the cigar industry.
2: Well, I think, I mean, the um, we've had this conversation before. The cigar business is kind of a lot like pro sports in that, you know, if you're you're good and you've got experience, there's there's going to be a seat for you somewhere, right? You yeah, just have yeah, to kind of yeah pick and choose. So, you know, I mean, the, that's why a lot of managers get uh, continued jobs. The same yeah. thing with the cigar business. People are good. Yeah.
0: They land. They land on their feet. Yeah, I mean, if everything goes, I don't think Jose or Jack are going to be leaving their job anytime soon. Todd's um, no. is is more of a startup thing. He's going in. It's a little. It's a little, now he's in something that's a little fringe on the cigar industry, so yeah. it's a little different. But uh, I mean, yeah, both have had at least four different companies they've worked for. If you would have said like multiples, I would have gave it to you.
3: Right.
0: I would have gave. But I was. Admit, it was all of them had four. And if Jose, if you count Jose with his own brand, it was actually five on that one and i think todd's had five as well
2: right and uh well todd's also one of the the, um he's on that went on that uh, kind of a program where as national sales managers you continue to change and the companies get slightly smaller it gets a little bit harder because you sort of uh, you know you come down to smaller companies and it's kind of hard to get back to a bigger company as
0: you. it it is it's true i mean you could be a bigger fish in a small pond um, but it is yep. harder to get. You're right. It is very hard to get back. I mean, what when Jack Jack Taranio is one of the unique guys. He went from Taranio to Duran, which was very small. Yeah, and then he went to General. But there was there was you know obviously the name played the a Taranio
3: lot. ties. Yeah, sure. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jose's kind of always stayed for the most part at his at a, at a certain level, and then when he went startup, you know, he was still Jose Blanco, so he could you know do what he wanted to do.
2: Yeah. He's, he's still Jose Blanco. He could do what it to do. <laughs> Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, but no, that was that was the ties that bind. So we'll see how to see if I have to tweak it or anything. But uh, that was the intent of that segment there.
2: Well, I like that. I think you're. I think it's, you're. It's a better segment if you make the questions really hard. So
0: I'm yeah, I actually <laughs> thought this was a layup. For, I thought you guys would get it on the first shot.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I, again, like like Aaron was saying you anticipate immediately that's oh, gonna be something yeah. super hard. It, yeah. it kinda yeah. was, but it was a simple you know, yeah. yeah I would have, so. I would
0: have taken the multiple I would have taken multiple companies as the answer. Yeah. Four yeah. was a if little you, tough. I,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was all yeah. gonna say they love drinking milk, but that's only Todd
0: Vance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, so that was uh, that was the ties that bind. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a, a round of sponsor reads, and then we'll get back into uh, some more questions with you, uh, Tim. Okay. I'm gonna right. I'm going to take a
2: couple minute break, and we'll be back. You want to hear your reads?
0: Yep. No problem. Go. You can go okay. ahead and do that. All right. So um, I want to mention Tailored Smoke, located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's epicenter and outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one stop shop for a tailored smoking experience. And by Jerry Tobacco, the authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars, the leaf choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most cul- uh, challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamas Valley in Honduras, Julio Arroyo took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with Authentic Corojo. Now with JRE Tobacco, who and Justo bring their very own brand to market, each containing the Authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Classic, and each of those blends represent that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And by Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, we take pride that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you will find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to uh, Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers, such as Drew Estate, Aganorsa Leaf, Arturo Fuente, Perdomo, Gurker, and Oliva. They have the best cigar selection, the best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. And Cigar Aficionado wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. You can place an order online at Corona's website or visit one of Corona's four Central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. Um, I'm going to do a couple more reads while we're waiting for Tim, just so we can get those out of the way. So I'm going to mention uh, J.C. Newman Cigar Company, located in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman, the J.C. Newman Cigar Company's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 112-year-old cigar factory in the Ebor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as El Rahol, J.C. Newman rolls premium cigars by hand and hand operated antique cigar machines. The J.C. Newman Pensa Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua and is a Brickhouse, house. Perla de Mar, El Baton, Coram and Yaguas cigars are hand rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by tobacco A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newman's founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low income families in the Dominican Republic. With education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcdumman.com to learn more. So Tim is back, and we're going to get into our Alec Bradley Live True segment. And this is sponsored by Alec Bradley. 500 cigars are set of fire in this country every minute. A staggering statistic. Wait, that's a good thing. All those folks are relaxing with a fine cigar. The trouble is a lot of those cigars aren't worth remembering. They're just plain forgettable. That's why you should pick up an Alec Bradley cigar. You'll taste that baby and say, "Mm mm-hmm, I'll remember you, Alec Bradley. Visit more alecbradley.com. So, Tim, this is our Live True segment with Alec Bradley, and we are going to get into some non-cigar topics here. Um, And I did promise there will be some Gabe Kappler talk in this segment. Uh, (laughs) We had some discussion. But let's kind of of talk. And This is kind of what I term this segment. Um, is hot stove baseball and then Bay Area sports? I mixed a couple because anything outside of baseball, Aaron's, I'm gonna lose Aaron, right? But I, so I only I put <laughs> I think I put two things that were not um that were not baseball at the end. So I think Aaron can live with that. Yeah. So let me ask the first question here because Timmy, you were San Francisco Giants? Is that your team?
2: I am. Yes, born and uh, born and raised a San Francisco Giant fan. Also, all all San Francisco Bay Area sports primarily. Okay. Not okay. not counting the A's and and the and the, the Raiders. So that's open. That's a different side. <laughs> <laughs> all, right.
0: all right, all right. So here's my first question. So the you know the Giants. It seemed like they made a big push for Aaron Judge. They I think they yes. put their best first foot forward with this. Yeah. They didn't get him. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I mean, again, based on on what that we're following, obviously, it does seem like you know, um, at the end, Judge kind of used San Francisco. Yeah, he had no. Real intention of moving here, right? Uh, if you read, if all the stories are true, I don't know whether that's the case, but yeah, it, it, there was never any indication from his camp that he wanted to to be here, right? It was always, um, you know, the, the reports are San Francisco is 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 the front runner, or San Francisco is over the most money, but the history, you know, again, being a Giant fan, especially under um, our current general manager, Orhan Zaidi, or, sorry, president of baseball operations, is he has that reputation of not being able to reel in that big superstar. That's the one thing this team has kind of lacked. You're watching, you know, the NL West, you watch the Dodgers, you watch the Padres, they've just built juggernaut teams spending a lot of money. And we have kind of sat back and said, well, we're going to, we're going to uh, you know, put together a team of spare parts and then, and, and kind of, you know, use flexibility, and then we've got a bunch of, uh, of uh, prospects coming. So this was supposed to be the year he came out and spent our money because there's a ton of it. We have one of the smallest for um, a major team, a major uh, market team. We, we, we've released all of our, our our legacy contracts. They've got a ton of money to spend coming in 2024, 25. It was only going to become more. He was supposed to reel in the big fish. So not being able to get judge, okay, we understand that, but then whatever happened with Korea,
0: now that was says, my second you know, question, yeah, so I want to yeah, get to that as well, yeah,
2: sure. So, obviously, the second biggest, They're prize tied was together, yep, yep. you know, so they pivoted, they couldn't get the biggest prize, they were able to sign the second guy, they had an agreement in place, they had a press conference, he was in San Francisco with his family, you know, ready to, to announce, I'm glad to be a San Francisco giant, and then suddenly, some injury report comes out if you believe what that says and they say well we're concerned then they stopped talking to Correa and he pivoted and signed with the Mets so you know whatever story we believe it's just as a fan it's like oh my goodness what is my team doing right it's uh they can't seem to land that player and now it's so late in this this postseason I mean this uh this uh, um, free agent season there's nothing left the coverage are bare there's no impact player left for us and now so you know, we're essentially resigned to another average season at best. I mean, we had an outlier season in 2021 with 107 wins. I don't know whether this team is capable of doing that. You know, it just doesn't have the, the, the uh, you know, and that's with the five players have in career years. I don't think uh, we, you know, we're going to get that again. So, you know, 81 and 81 sounds like a, a good spot for us to land. You know, I just, and we're, as, as fans, and I mean, I've, I've held season tickets as long as uh, Oracle Park is, in existence from 2000 you're disappointed because you want to see you want you want to draw you also want to see your team win we're used to seeing a lot of wins i mean you know people forget 2010 2012 2014 we won three we won three world series we're we're used to winning you know and it's it's hard to watch this you know
0: so let me put devil's advocate here yeah so you said that okay Aaron Judge was was using other teams as leverage, right? Which I think is a sure. fair argument, right? In terms mm-hmm. of and he played this, look, I think he played this with, with Steinbrenner really business like. Sure. You know, he I think he played this well. I mean, he didn't tip his hat or anything, saying, oh, you know, I really do want to be a Yankee. He never said that, right? Yeah. He, 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 and you know, eventually it got so far Farhan might not have had any Sure. He might not Did have you
2: any, see the did you see the article today on on the, the inner workings of the, the last minute negotiation with the Yankees? No, the, I think it was the New York Post, or I forget which major paper said they uh, that Steinbrenner ended up calling Judge at the last second and goes, "Do you want to be a Yankee?" And Judge said yes, and he went up this offer from three fifteen to three sixty, and that was the deal. I can if see that happening, and then
0: your... hey, we're gonna give you, yeah. we're gonna make you captain, which which yep. is it's correct. It, it's, it's it, in New York. I'll tell you the, the Yankee captainship. People say it doesn't it it means a lot in New York. It I'm gonna tell it. you that. It really Absolutely does. Absolutely, it means a lot. It really, you're, yeah. I remember when Gidry and Willie Randolph got it. When Thurman Munson yeah. died, he was called the captain. Derek Jeter was called the captain. It's a big deal. Yeah. So I'm yeah, sure they put big, that. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, that wasn't no, gonna I'm break concerned. or break. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you know, like I said, you know, I I think at the end, you know, if you want to be the biggest star, you want to play yeah. in the biggest market. There is a
0: draw to that as well. Okay. So. Korea, let's say the injury yes. report thing is true. And then maybe yeah. Farhan made the right call here saying we can't make this. And that maybe was maybe it's true that something came up with that yeah. injury report.
2: Sure. Well, and this is the problem, right? It's because right. and I, I, we had this conversation with Rob uh, uh, on social media and it's it's gone every different direction because everyone's trying to figure out what really did happen and nobody really knows, right? There could be a multiple number of things. So uh, me personally, I want to blame Farhan, you know, because he's the one that's spearheading, you know, this the, the efforts to do that. But there are stories that it was uh, the, the uh, ownership group that got cold feet that they want to issue the $350 million contract, um, you know, and then yeah, that-, that there's stories that Boris put this, this story about the injury out because he's trying to protect his player. Yep. We don't know because by you know, by the, the, the giants are falling on the hip law, right? They're saying that that we can't say what that thing is, so yeah. we really don't know. But uh, all, the only thing we do know is that right now, everybody who is associated with the San Francisco Giants looks bad, <laughs> you know, right? Just, and, and again, now, now we failed on Bryce Harper, we failed on uh getting a tiny the first time, we failed on on um, you know, Judge, and we failed on Correa. Who's going to want to come? I mean, even if you offered Shohei next year $600 million for, you know, the rest of his lifetime, is he still going to want to come? Because this franchise has shown that it doesn't – is not able to, you know, fall through or it pulls through at the last second. I mean, if you have an agreement in place, are you really that concerned about this injury report? I mean, none of this makes any sense. And it looks – that's why I say it's embarrassing for the entire franchise because the Mets don't seem to have any problems. The the Twins were ready to re-sign him if he was going to accept 10 for 285, their original deal. No. And they've had him for a year. So they, yeah. they must know something about his, his injury history. Something doesn't smell right. Right. So who, 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 you know, we may never know who's to blame for that. So but again, as a fan and, 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 and as an organization watching from the outside, it's an embarrassment. That's the only word you can use.
0: I, I kept going to Rob after Judge Wayne. I said, now it's plan B. And now, plan B. Now you're on plan C. And I don't, and, and Rob said, I don't know what plan C is. I said, I, I you're right. That's a, that's a fair, that's the fair part. But I, I still think maybe if ownership did what you said, and maybe they got cold feet on the contract, shame on them for, for putting Farhan in that position to try to right. bring this guy in. And now they get cold feet, you know? I mean, I, I don't, that's not fair to him. Farhan is what I'm right. saying.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, most people don't realize this, but San Francisco Giants are a money printing machine. Uh, and the reason why is because not only did they build that stadium, but they were smart. And, and when that stadium went up, they got their hands in almost all the associated real estate that went up at the same time. So they are one of the biggest landlords in San Francisco, and this is where they generate all their money. So they have it. I mean, you know, I, yeah, it's hard to swallow 13 years and 350, but you know, you want to sell, you want to sell your fans a product. You know, this is, this is the way you do it. This is, that is the market rate. I didn't like that contract either. I'm like, good. Hey, who wants to pay a guy into his forty-first, you know, birthday thirty-five million dollars? Oh, yeah. a year? oh yeah, it's a. <laughs> but that is, you know, you get four or five years out of them. Maybe you win a uh, World Series and then you're happy. You you eat the rest of it. That that's yeah. that's the cost of doing business.
0: No, that you think Judge point. is going to
2: pay off? Yeah, you think Judge is going to pay off his forty his forty-first uh, birthday?
0: Well, so. Even Bryce Harper, when we get to the 11th and 12th year, is going to be tough. I mean, I think we've got a good deal on him. But the
1: thing you have to, to always remember is like, what does the money look like in baseball in 10 years, right? Like, right. right. You know, right. Yeah. Are the contracts seem yeah. yeah. like crazier. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. This is, I mean, this this is ridiculous now. You saw today, the NFL sold the streaming rights to the, to the NFL Sunday ticket package to YouTube TV for $2 billion. Yeah. Who knew YouTube had $2 billion to spend on the NFL?
1: Google it's has much right money. Google, you talk about having money. Google prints money. Yes, Google, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. that was,
0: and I think yeah. they, I think they wrestled that from Apple. I think there was an like I had heard yeah. that Apple had this. Apple deal. wasn't
2: on it for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah. it very interesting with that, um, and I think that's going to train YouTube TV. Uh, it changed yeah. direct when when Direct TV got it. I remember. Yes. It changed Direct TV completely. It changed the face mm-hmm. of it. So yeah, yeah, um. Yeah. um So let's let me all right. Let me get this part out of the way. I this is the I think this is I don't like the manager. You guys know I don't like the manager. That's the part I hold far hand account. This here's my argument with Rob. This manager would be fired under many circumstances from teams. For the record, he's had
1: despite the one hundred and seven. I I I'll disagree with you. Like like look, he wasn't supposed to even do ninety with the team he had two years ago, right? So he had a horrible team last year. Like, I understand you don't like him. He didn't produce in Philadelphia and he had a better yeah. roster, but like they haven't given him anything in San Francisco. Like he's really, he's like, they're trying the whole money ball thing and all that stuff. And it worked out two years ago. It just didn't fly last year.
2: And this is the San Francisco giants. If you uh-huh. and what I mean by that is if you look at the history of the team, they are not a quick trigger team, right? Um, You know, 1986, I want to say, Roger Craig, the Hum Baby team, before these guys turned it around, you know, he lost 100 games, but people loved him and they loved his his management style. And everyone was, you know, people were screaming, he's not doing anything for the team. But if you were around the team, you know, you would say, yeah, there's a change coming. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's not, like I said, it's not a quick hook team. They're going to give him an opportunity. And, and I, I believe that's the case with what Aaron's saying. And what Rob's saying is that they haven't given him a fair shot in terms of like stocking him with a roster that the Dodgers have, the the Padres have, the Mets have. He hasn't been given that. And they said that 107 win season buys him some extended credibility. That's, I think that's the thinking and uh, here. And it's always been the thinking at San Francisco. I mean, you know Moses Alou when when he Moses Alou, when he was uh, you know he's um, or Felipe Alou I should say, you know he was given even though he, he was over the hill he was given many you know three four five seasons. We are you know uh, you know dedicated even Bruce Bochy who's acknowledged to be the best coach that we've had at least in recent history. He went through some horrible seasons too. And They just are very very patient looking managers. And That's how it's been here.
0: That's a, I, I have seen it's a good point about them being patient with the man. You are right on that. I I I give you that with that um okay so this team goes 79 and 83 next year does Farhan take the hit does Farhan make Caplet escape go what happens next year
2: um that's a good question I, I think um if it turns out that it is ownership that kind of pulled the rug out from Farhan uh about Korea, uh, I think he gets at least another season or two but he'll but uh, Kapler, if, if, if you're under 500, Kappler probably is that victim because somebody's got pay, right? And so, unfortunately, he's going to be the first to, to probably okay. go. Um, so, I do think, yeah, yeah, another season where they don't make any progress. And then Farhan's under the gun. He's going to have to either bring up his prized uh, prospects or somehow get Otani to get here next year. I think that those are the two things. That's going to be tough
0: to get out. I think you're going to have a tough time getting Otani. I really do. There's at least a
2: half dozen teams that could offer him $500 million. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, uh, why not the Met? Why not the Mets go over a the billion? Mets, <laughs> the Mets, yeah,
2: the Mets, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Red Sox—you name it. The dodgers going
0: to be. In. I think, yeah, but I think he's going to stay. On, I think he's going to stay on the West Coast. I do. I well,
1: think. He, uh,
2: I, then, yeah. then it's the Dodgers because it's definitely yeah. not going to be the Angels.
1: The only other team I was Seattle, thinking is Seattle. Seattle's always a play for um, the Japanese. That's players, what I was thinking that they
0: could. It would be a. Yeah. It would be. He would be like. Put on, a, he'd be a royalty in Seattle if he goes up there. I mean, it's a shame the Angels have just terribly marketed this guy. We've we've talked a lot about yeah. this, Aaron, and I. Yeah. They terribly marketed him. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, it, and it, it's a terrible market too. I mean, uh, it's a lot. It's a it's a glorified Oakland, and what I mean by that is yes. know, the, the facilities old. They've got a very nice loyal base, but they've never ever sold that place out consistently. um I mean, I, I live five miles from that stadium. I, I go that's where I go see most games and. It's always, always empty,
3: um, yeah.
2: and they've got Mike Trout and they've got Shohei Otani. These guys yeah. should be, you know, the two of the. Well, they are two of the best players in baseball, and yet yeah. it doesn't draw, you know. Yeah. And that's part of it is because um, i My personal belief is, um, you know, Artie Moreno, who has shown no problem spending money, spends his money poorly. Yes. Yeah, you look at the Mo on contracts. You look at all these guys. You know,
3: um, Albert
2: Pujols, Josh Hamilton. <laughs> You can't you can't get the pitching you need when you're spending all that money on players that don't have it. The new one is uh what's the third uh, Rendon, uh, you yeah. know, Anthony Rendon. It's another contract that's a big gigantic anchor on it. Yeah. You know?
0: yep. So yeah. that's
2: that's the hardest part. You know, so all the money the is there, it's just spent on the wrong players.
0: I have actually been to the uh, stadium there, Ike, um, in two thousand three, and you're right. It was that was the, that was a year after the World Series they were coming off of. Right. And yeah. it wasn't full. I mean, it was. Uh, right. They they were in there. They were in there. They were actually playing the Dodgers yeah. when I went. So it was a big yeah. game, and it wasn't full. I was yeah. shocked that the Dodger fans weren't. But the Dodgers weren't doing great then either. From what I remember, right. this is the Dodgers were in a slump there too. So I think it was just that type of matchup.
2: Yeah. Well, the Dodger Dodger fans, from what I've seen, don't travel to Anaheim they travel to San Francisco. They'll travel yeah. to San Diego, but they just man, They don't want to roll down to Orange County. If I get, I'll, I'll wait till they come back home to Dodgers. That's to interesting. There. It
0: wasn't a lot of like I said. I thought it was Angel fans were holding their own that day. It's interesting, but I thought yeah. maybe it was just the yeah. Dodgers were not. Yeah, you know the Dodgers. But when I just-
2: go to when the Giants come and play uh, in the league at the Anaheim Stadium, I go there. It's a sea of orange. uh um, oh, yeah. And so yeah, the, Yan- and the Yankees and the, the Red Sox when they come in. The Angel fans all sell their tickets because why not? I mean, these guys are paying five hundred dollars a ticket. You take it, right? Yeah. That buys you. That buys you all kinds of other things later.
0: Exactly. Your
2: team's not in it, so what do you care?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I can tell you know, like Subway Series in New York is is a ticket. It's a sellout every time. It's a, it's yeah. Even when the Mets were bad, even when the Mets were bad, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's why the interleague rivalries didn't work because there's only a handful of them that really are like that. um, The Mets Yankees are one of them. Even Giants A's, eh, it was it was maybe fifty sixty percent full with Braves. Yeah, you know, at the Coliseum. Excuse me, Coliseum. You know, so
0: Mausoleum. No, that's 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 the Mausoleum. Have you been
2: to that stadium?
0: I have. Years ago, I I was there in the eighties. I was there in the. I was
2: too. I was too. (laughs) That's like walking, being marched to prison. Because you get off the BART train, and there's like a a concrete (laughs) and uh, chain-link bridge that walks into the stadium. And you just look at the guards going, really? I have to keep walking. It it, it feels like you're being walked to a prison. And you walk into that stadium, again, all concrete and chain-link. There's no amenity. In that place.
0: You know when I went there? When Billy Martin was managing mm-hmm. and it was the uh I was there, I was in we were in California mm-hmm. um that summer because my dad was out there. Um yeah. mm-hmm. and we went to the A's game and it was after the strike. So mm-hmm. uh and they were good that year. They were good. That was Billy that was the whole Billy Ball year. But this is forty years ago. Yeah, eighty-nine
2: at the time, my favorite player was uh Ken Griffey Jr. Where they watch him come up, the rookie is just like this yep. kid's amazing. So, we ditch school. I was in high school at that point. I was like, "Let's go over and watch Griffey play." The Mariners are in town. We get on the BART. We get up to Oakland. We walk up to the ticket counter. We're like, uh, "What's uh, you know, what's the best seats in the house you got? How about third row uh, up from the field level, uh, behind the the home dugout? How much are these tickets? Sixteen bucks." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll take that. It's like, and they walk around going, "There's nobody here." How is yeah. that possible? You know, but yeah. it was. That's just how that that team is. You know, yeah. They really need to move to Las Vegas because, unfortunately, the Giants have a stranglehold on the, the local markets. And you know, unless they want to move to Sacramento, they are not going to move to San Jose or any of the nice markets to uh, establish a fan base. So they really need to get out of California, at least Northern California.
0: I mean, that's what the Raiders did. Obviously, sure. that's what the Raiders yeah. did. Correct. Uh, all right, uh, another question here: Trey Turner, who went to my Phillies. And Carlos Correa, who's the better pickup here um, if you're a team? I
2: personally – I mean, again, the way the Giants are built, I think Trey Turner is better suited for them
0: because you mean they the love the, You mean the Phillies? Uh, well, oh, did you ask me who I would have picked up? No, I'm Giants? just saying that who's a better signing in the free agent market
1: was my – Who question. you like is the player oh, better?
0: Yeah. I, I like I like Trey Turner better. Okay. I, I do have. too. I um, do too, but is a hell of a player. Yeah. I'm not. He not is.
2: A, he's younger. He's got more power, but Correa's got more versatility. And, uh, you know, he's just he's, – he's a hustler. Correa is kind of uh, – I mean, again, I haven't seen him, enough of him to think, but, I, you know, you just think of him as kind of a one-trip pony, a power hitter. Um, he does hit for average a bit. I think he's at what, a two ninety career hitter or right above three hundred. But Turner just does seem seems to do everything. And maybe it's because I've seen more of him, and I've watched him club the Giants for a season or two. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and, and, and uh, I, dude, I haven't seen Correa as much, but, you know, Turner just – Every time I see him, I go, did he just do that? You know that, that you know, yeah. and that's the thing that you remember—the plays that he did that you remember.
0: You know, yeah, um, I, I don't like the contract we gave him, but he's gonna like yeah. he. I think he fits yeah. in with what we needed. But, yeah. You know, well, I don't think we needed a power hitter. Correa, uh, Tr- Turner's a little more the guy you can put in the manufacturer runs. Yes, I think he's gonna do, yes,
3: yeah,
2: and that, he's willing to play second base. He's willing to play whatever it takes to, to win. Yeah, that's why he went to the Phillies. He's willing to you know, move around. Yeah, yeah, like the chance to win. Yeah, uh, I think Bryce had to
0: do with that too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that the whole contract thing, I think, doesn't correct itself unless Cohen's plan to buy the world fails. Yeah. And that was my next question.
0: question. What do you think about Cohen's plan to buy the world? He's going Steinbrenner here.
2: This is a Steinbrenner
0: movie he's made.
2: Sure. And there's two ways to look at this, right? Uh, um, Being a Bay Area kid, I'm very blessed to watch the Golden State Warriors and Joe Lacob has no problem spending money. He'd spend more of it if he could, but that the luxury tax and they have basketball is so punitive uh, that eventually you're gonna have to tap out and say, Uncle. And I, I don't think Cohen's there yet, but I mean that number is ridiculous. He spent 801 million dollars this offseason on what, 10 players? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, you know. And at some point, the the rest of the owners are gonna go, okay. This is un even for us. Multi billionaires is unfair yeah. to us. So I think that eventually, that gonna that there's going to be a change in, in the uh, the way that uh, the collective bargaining agreement is.
0: And no, no doubt, no doubt. This yeah. is gonna. Be, yeah. This is what happened. You know, when Steinbrenner was doing it in the late seventies.
2: Yeah, and um, you know, the dot. The Dodgers, I think, do it better than anybody because they have that farm system that are very good, but yet they still go over the tax consistently to sign a Mookie Betts or somebody that's available to them. So they they they're the best of both worlds. Yeah, they can like now they've lost four players. Bellinger's gone this year. Justin Turner. They've got a ton of players in their farm system, and they won't miss a beat. And if they need somebody, they'll go out and get them. That's why I think the Dodgers do it better than anybody, which hurts me to say as a Giants fan. (laughs) You know.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, uh, they've done a good. Yeah. And, but it hasn't worked to what how they liked either. Yeah, and
2: so that where you don't like Gabe, uh, Gabe Kapler, I think that their biggest drawback is Dave Roberts. Too.
0: See, I like Dave. I, I take Dave Roberts has such a winning percentage, though. I mean, you look at that guy, but except in the playoffs,
2: yeah, exactly. Except in the playoffs,
0: he got, but he's gotten the three World Series and won one. That's most teams would sign yeah. up for that. But I get yeah. the money. I get the money. It was spent too, so I get that. You know.
2: Yeah. But you know, you watch those games, and and uh, especially when you know, Clay Shaw, uh, Kershaw, yeah, you know, again when he's going through that that tough times, it's like, do not let him pitch into the seventh. Yeah. Do not let him and he pitch in the seventh, and whack two home runs back. To, you know, <laughs> like yeah. how, how do you not see that? The rest of the world can see that. That you, know, you go to the bullpen in the seventh inning. You
0: know, you can find that with a lot of managers though. Do, do yeah. some stuff. I mean, I mean, well, and
2: the part that was always confusing to me was he was uh, to me a system manager. He would do whatever the front asses, asked him in the regular season. Come playoff time, Dave Roberts wanted to be Dave Roberts, and that is hard to make that transition going from you know regular season to playoffs. I'm going to stick with my gut now. I'm going to be a field manager. I'm going to keep the guy in because I feel like he's still going, yeah, the system got you here. Maybe you should continue to play the system. Yeah. and that That's, my again, my opinion. That's what I saw in those games.
0: All right, this may be an easy question. What's the current state of the Oakland Athletics?
2: Who? <laughs>
3: <laughs> are
0: they are they still in the league?
1: They've been relegated to I, play,
0: you know. The games I saw Katse manage, I thought he was, a, and I'm always about these managers, yeah. you know. But I thought Katse did a decent yeah. job, but he had nothing to work I mean, this is a guy who I had nothing to work with. I mean, yeah. yes,
2: I agree with you. Yeah, and yeah, I will give the A's credit, they are very, very good at hiring management staff. You're correct. I mean, whether it's Bob Guerin or whether it's uh, uh, um god art how you know they phenomenal wow. managers like
0: <laughs> mike, mike well, Piazza saying, has bad things to say about art how sure, like you know,
2: the, they were very good about taking whatever they were given and doing what they could yeah. with it right and you're correct what i could never understand about Oakland is how is it that team has changed hands what three or four times in the last 10 or 15 years yeah and every ownership group is worse than the previous one I mean, you don't <laughs> yep. think that's humanly possible we want the yeah. finley's yeah. back yeah yeah, you know, it's like, wait a minute. The, you know, you, you, the Warriors get a bunch of crummy owners. Joe Lacob buys it, and pfft, now they went from four hundred and fifty million to a you know, five billion dollar powerhouse.
3: Yeah,
2: somebody's got to be able to do that for Oakland. You would think, right? Yeah. And I mean, it, it, I mean, look at you know, Steve Cohen, prime example. Somebody, I mean, with my, I don't know why they don't sell this team to Larry Ellison. Ellison's wanted a pro team forever, you know, and he's got money. And yeah. you know, maybe you don't like his management yeah. style, but sell it to him. And, you know, at least he's yeah. going to spend money on it.
0: He bought an America's Cup. This guy. I mean, he literally yeah. did. I mean, he wanted America's Cup. Yeah. He bought it pretty yeah. much. Yeah. He went and did everything. <laughs> yeah. And
2: that—that's—that's that's yeah. not you know a strategy that hasn't been tried and true in sports. Yeah. Right? They fail yeah. sometimes, but they try. Yeah. You know. Oh, well, it's I mean, true. So if you watch, if you watch European soccer, they all try and buy yeah. <laughs> cups and trophies yep. every year.
0: All right. And this is a question, Aaron. I want you. I want you weighing on this one too. Who's the favorite to win the NL East next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it has to be the Mets. I so, I hate this. I think it's got to be the Mets too, just from that pitching. Just, just yeah, the team is stacked so hard that yeah, like, you know, the Braves are the Braves are iffy on the pitching side. Yeah, so the the Mets have to be the favorite, and it's yeah. just a, an ultimate failure if they don't do it. Yeah.
0: I don't think we're a hundred win team in Philadelphia yet. I think we're going to be ninety two to ninety three maybe next year, yeah. is what I'm. But I don't. I think the Mets can win hundred next year, so. I think it's, we just got to get in the playoffs and see what happens.
2: And I would go with the Braves just because I think they don't have the media pressure of the other two markets and they True. just, they're the Braves. You know, they, they yeah. find ways to win. Unlike the other two teams who seem to find ways to lose when it comes yeah. to punch. <laughs> well, no, I if mean, not, no, if
0: it wasn't this year for us, but no, normally we find creative ways to lose. That's what I say mm-hmm. with the Phillies. Yes. You're a hundred percent right. we're going to have, we're going to have a period next year, especially because Harper's out half the year. So. Um, this is going to be a lot of pressure on Turner, yeah. for sure. But so,
2: What do they say about baseball, right? Every team loses, wins 60, and they lose 60. It's how you play the other 42 games. That
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. And
2: if you can hold out and go 60 and 60 until he comes back and yep. rip them off, you'll be just fine.
0: Yep. All right. All right. And then two more questions. These are the non-baseball ones. Uh, How deep can the Niners go with Brock Purdy?
2: Until he makes – the critical error that Garoppolo has made and that uh, Trey Lance was making as far as, uh, you know, he can take them. I I don't, I don't see a limit here because the one thing that he's done that's impressed me in the two and a half games is he doesn't make mistakes. I mean, he's got so many weapons and you hear the, the commentator say, it, but it's true. If you don't make the bad throw, don't force anything. You hand the ball, to McCaffrey, you make the safe throw to Kittle five, 10 yards down the field, let him do run after the catch. You know, And, yeah, you don't want to be known as a game manager, but with so much talent around you and that defense, that's all you really need to be. So as long as he's not forced to make a hero throw or, or something that to lead the, the team down from two touchdowns or three touchdowns, I don't see why he can't beat any other team with the exception of maybe the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in the NFC and then, of course, Buffalo and, and KC on the AFC side. Those three teams are better. Yeah. But I don't think any other team is, 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 is not – I mean, the Niners are as good as anybody else in the league. Maybe not Minnesota. You want to put Minnesota in that class too, but there ain't a lot of teams better. Even with him, they don't miss a beat. Uh, if you watch them play, the confidence he's he's got that that whatever got, it might be, the pizzazz.
0: He's got he's got look he's got a good running game, good offensive line, defense is playing great. I mean, he's in a position to succeed. Mm-hmm. Right, or so he delivers. This... Yeah, but he delivers the
2: ball on time. Uh-huh. He doesn't he doesn't get squirrely in the pocket. I mean, again, for a guy who's this is his no, third start now, you know, three and yeah. a half games. You don't see any of that. He's calm in the pocket. But, yeah. you know, not, the pressure, that they've blitzed him, what, 60% of the time since he's out there? Okay. He's thrown one interception and one that got called back. So, again, you know, you figure rookies, quarterbacks, What you know, more interceptions and touchdowns. He just has something that makes him look like he's going to be a fine pro quarterback, at least for the situation he's in.
0: All right, so I know there's a lot of what-ifs here. Who yeah. is the opening day quarterback next year for the San Francisco 49ers?
2: Um, me first or Aaron?
0: Uh, Aaron! Uh, Aaron, you you have the option to answer this because I mean, I'm not even
1: going to participate. I, I haven't watched football since we we sat <laughs> down <laughs> at Rob's house, so. <laughs> yeah,
0: you
2: you want the long shot, or you want to think who I really think is going to
0: be the quarterback? Go, you
1: can go both. You can go both. All right. Well,
0: yeah, because uh, I think it, it's it, a great question.
2: Yeah, if, if I'm going, uh, you know, uh, what I you know what hope for? Uh, Aaron Rodgers comes home, right? That that's what I would look for. I would, would hope for. Because he you know he gets tired of losing. Wow, interesting,
0: interesting, in. yeah. Yeah.
2: Cause I would almost say Brady in this situation, but I think Brady really retires now. I think he's had I think he's had
0: nothing. I wouldn't if I would have yeah. nine is go go with Brady. I agree. I think you yeah. know you're gonna be but, get him like Peyton Manning in that last correct. year. Correct. If,
2: if they had signed him two years ago when he went to K, to Tappa, yeah. Maybe. But yeah, yeah. it's not
0: two seasons. I agree. But I
2: think the reality is it's gonna be Trey Lance.
0: God, that's a missed. It's a, you know, They've got I don't think choice. They, they, yeah. they
2: paid, you know, they, you know, they, you know are you going to pay Garoppolo? Cause, you know, he's had a good season. You're going to pay him $25 million next year to be the backup.
0: Look, if I'm the Jets, I go call Garoppolo, who's agent tomorrow and get something done. If I'm the Jets, yeah, that's right. right. Especially and if it's then, a tonight, you know, uh, Zach Wilson yeah. is awful, yeah. is what I just saw. Right. So
2: the only monkey wrench that could do that is if Brock Purdy puts a deep run into the playoffs. Yeah. But other than that, I got to believe, cause, you know, you, you, you cough up three first round picks. All right. Um, you know, a plus to the two, what, three seconds, and a third, or whatever, six draft picks all together. You gotta, you know, you gotta see if that investment is gonna be worth it. Otherwise, you're gonna, it's, it's gonna be a giant situation. Really, you, you spend all that capital and you got nothing for it. Well,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the, I'm telling you, the mm-hmm. Panthers made a good trade with that. It was look, I think yeah. it was a good trade for both teams, but yeah. the Panthers got a lot of picks and they need them. So they that was trees. good. They, yeah, they did that not get it first,
2: second round, yeah. second, third, and fourth?
0: Yeah, I mean. I think I think like I said, if I'm the Jets and Salah's got the relationship, I yeah. I see what I can do to get, get Garoppolo to New York. I think he would right. do well right. there.
2: The Jets are in the exact same situation. You know, Mike White appears to be a better quarterback than uh, than Justin uh, or or Wilson. What, I don't know. Is it Zach American? Wilson? Oh, Zach he was Wilson? off.
0: finding what what surgeon yeah. just sent me. He got he got benched tonight again.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, again, they go back. I mean, like, that can't do anything for his confidence. Yeah. But eventually, well, yeah. that trade, same thing, is going to come to come back yeah. To this too. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an. It's just, it's very. I mean, it's like a lot of what ifs. Because if Purdy goes deep, then you know you're going to wonder what happens with that. So, yeah. but typically, you know, those typically historically in the NFL, these backups who have yeah. these late late surges don't yeah. pan out. So yeah. it's, it's if they could
2: get Garoppolo at sixteen million again, uh, I would consider him because you know. Before he got hurt, he was running the team, and the team was firing yeah. all cylinders. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, no. But he no, has, no,
2: no. he's had the, he's been on the cusp, the precipice twice, and you know he hasn't been able to get us into the the, the winner's circle. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, he lost to Kansas City that year. Though they were they were stacked yeah. that year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if he
2: hits that place to Emmanuel Sanders, it's a different it's a different argument we're having, right?
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> all right, last question. Um, this is related to the Golden State Warriors. What's wrong with them, if anything? Oh. What's wrong with this? His team wanted. They just seem like they've been flat all year. Yeah.
2: It's this whole philosophy that the, the, the hubris at the management says, we can keep the core happy, the aging core happy, and continue to pay them and bring along these young players at the same time. You've got two generations trying to play and coexist in the same team. And what it does is, you know, you put a lot of pressure on Steph Curry um, and, and Draymond and, uh, you know, Clay. They're, but they're not, you know, Clay's not playing at the same level. He's still recovering from his knee injury. Draymond is, you know, they're all in excess of 30 years old, 30 plus, right? Uh, Steph is 34. Clay is 33. So they're, they're tail-ending it. So, you know, it, it is a big ego to say, I'm going to win with this core team, and then these young kids are going to come along. They don't mesh. And when the second team comes in, they cannot hold their own. And so, again, they can win at home. But, I mean, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. They go on the road and it's the exact opposite, and the teams know it. They're swarming on them. I watched, you know, the two Nick the the New York games, the, the Nets and the Knicks just smash them. And these are teams that don't could normally do it. And they just you just see them on the road. They're you know they're without Steph, they just they're a bunch of collection of players. They just don't know what they're doing, you know. And and it, that, that that's the biggest problem is that you can't coach experience, and you can't you can't buy enough experience, you know, because they lost. You know, when they won the championship, they had Otto Porter. Um, they had uh, um, Gary Payton II. The These are guys that, specific role players that did well and they were able to take you know, um, end of the, end of the uh, uh, roster contracts, you know, minimum contracts. Now you're replacing those experienced players with Mar- you know Moses Moody, with uh, James Wiseman, guys who have played less than 30 NBA games total. And you're asking them to, to mesh with you know, three potential Hall of Famers. It doesn't quite necessarily. It takes more than just half a season to put that together, and that—that's you know—that's my take on it. And especially on the road, they just don't know what they're doing. You know, on the road, not at home. At least you got the home crowd, and you can and a home court advantage. They don't have that on the road, and that's going to be the killer for them. They—they they not make the playoffs because they can't win on the road.
1: You are muted, coop.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm on mute. I was saying, I noticed <laughs> with the guys who like the Sixers are having the same problem getting some of these guys to mesh with you know Harden and and, and Embiid, who's been yeah. impossible. By the way, they, the Warriors got smacked by Philadelphia on that trip too. Yeah, they did.
2: And,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was Not a bad cool. road trip, bad East Coast run they yeah. had. Yeah, but
2: every road trip they've had this season has been hellacious.
0: I mean, which, they haven't had a good one. Which they were so like I thought of the four championships. That was the yeah. best run they had. Was yes. that fourth one? I thought they really yeah. worked for that one last year. I mean, they had to go through some tough teams to get there. I think they got a little break with Phoenix not being in there, but still, Dallas played them tough, so it was uh, a, yeah. it was good. Well, and
2: what do you do if you're you're Bob Myers, right? You got Steph, and Steph has always said very, very uh, vocally that we need to keep our core together. But you know that he's offered Draymond to the Lakers. And he doesn't know what to do with clay because eventually all things come to an end. And I mean, how do you take that bullet? You know, this, this is, those three guys have delivered four championships with the, you know, and uh, yep. that's going to be that decision that as a fan, you know, that day's coming. You don't want to think yep. these, you know, these guys are going to live forever. They're going to win more championships. It, it all comes to an end yeah. and, you know, they can't continue to pay them $400 million a year, you know, to deliver a 500 team. That doesn't gonna do either. So yeah,
0: I get that. No. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a, it's not a good time for Bay Area sports right now. Except for the Niners, the other three franchises are struggling.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. we won't even talk about the Sharks. All yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible.
2: Um, my sister's at the game tonight. And I'm like, are they winning? Because her husband's from Minnesota, so they go to the Wild games. Yeah, and at the end of the second period, they're up 2 1. So, I'm expecting to get an update where it's going to be 4 2 again in the game. That's, <laughs> that's how their season is going right
0: now. Yeah, so. I mean, the Sharks have had a long run of success, and then yeah, they huh. just never got over the hump. But right. well, they, the like you- they got the one final, right?
2: Yeah, the one final with that uh, was Joe Thornton's closest attempt to get to the, the, the lifting of the cup. But
0: uh, yeah. you know,
2: it, it's like anything else. Dougie Wilson was, uh, you know, Doug Wilson was our general manager, he was the first. One of the first Sharks player, the last one, of the last guys to play without a helmet. I remember yep. that first season. Why is there an idiot out there without yep. a helmet? Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But but you know he did he does what all general managers do. You know we were that close. He started trading away draft picks. He started hiring. You know assigning really expensive free agents, and now we're stuck with a bunch of contracts that they cannot move. That, that
0: doesn't help us get any better. And
2: until those contracts expire because they're untradeable, we're going to be bad, and it's going to be that way for at least three or four more seasons. Ooh,
0: yeah, it's a shame. This game, Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh one more I have two sponsor reads and then we'll get into the final segment. Um okay. tonight. All right. So um I want to mention uh the folks at Casa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars from many industry leaders at the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now, the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market. You could try the Casa Cuevas line, the Cuevas Reserva line, and the new Sangre Nueva line. Um, If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas cigars. Casa Cuevas cigars from our Casa to yours. And this is our deliberation segment sponsored by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. There is no deliberation when it comes to Dunbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included seven consecutive top three appearances on the half look Consensus, including Consensus number 1 Cigar of the Year in 2020 with the Me Corita Tricky Tracker. Visit DTT Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. So, Tim, I'm going to start off with some short... These are, We'll try to keep these short, these, these hits, um, and then we'll get into some more deeper ones um, towards the end. Um, so... Um, let me ask the first question here um, as far as that goes. Um, what are your thoughts on pricing this year? Like what you've seen with the pricing happening in, in the cigar mm-hmm. industry? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of high-priced brands that have been making the debut. There's obviously been price increases.
2: Right. So price increases are inevitability in any business, right? Obviously, um, with every year that goes by, everything gets more expensive so and, and you know we are not immune to that as well you know people always will, will say well you know they're raising prices again fuel goes up you know um you know raw material goes up uh labor goes up you know especially with everything that we do in this business everything is labor intensive so you know the, the, uh, it's surprising to me and I, I tell people this uh you know because you know I'm in cigar stores and I do events all the time and I'm like you can sit there and say, look, I, I can't believe my cigars have gone up another dollar or two uh, price point. But if you've traveled at all, I, I want to remind consumers that this is the cheapest country in the world to smoke premium cigars in. Um, if you go to Canada, Mexico, the United Kingdom, uh, name your country, you're talking about excess t- taxes, China. That's, you know, 100, 200 percent a cigar that costs us $12 here gonna be easily 25, 30, 40 in another country. So you know it's it's hard, I get it, because you know we see everything going up gas, food prices, but uh, you know things you know when I started 20 years ago, you know, the premium price was $10 a cigar. If a cigar was $10, that was a super premium price point. Well now that price point is 20, 25, maybe a little more than that. And you know, people have quietly accepted the fact that cigars now are, you know, Mid range is twelve to fifteen dollars. So, yeah, they're a little bit more, but it's not to me. It's not excessive, and um, you know, it's uh, the high end market is more is more difficult. You know, as long as I've been in the cigar business, you know, the high end market has consisted primarily of three brands: Padron, Opus, Davidoff. And a lot of companies have tried to get there, and it's hard because you know the, that 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 customer segment is apparently very specific and very particular and it's hard to break into that price point so you know you i I think a lot of companies are going to continue to try and break that price point because you know that's sort of the holy grail but it's not easy to get there so i don't i don't think you're going to see a lot of cigars coming in at that higher price point because the strategy has always been coming in the middle then you can dial up and you can dial down depending on what you want to do but if you come in hot and you know you, you, you can name x company you've seen them X company came in with this bread at $25. X company came in with this cigar at $25. None of them have reached that Pantheon. So I, I think that, uh, you know, I think that uh, the comfortable spot for most people is still for over
0: $15. What happens if the economy goes south next year, though? What do you think happens mm-hmm. now?
2: Well, you know, um, if fuel, you know, uh, gas prices come down, Tobacco comes down, and there's a uh, you know um, you know transport comes back down. And we're able to to kind of uh, get back to our our uh, pre-pandemic kind of uh, cost structure. You'll see it come down a little bit. I you know I think and plus you know what are we going to do, right? I think that uh, the last couple of months the economy has kind of finally got to us uh, at, at us as an industry because during the pandemic you know people were were happy to be at home. They're ordering their cigars, whether they were buying it uh, through five packs through their local retailer or buying cigars online. You know, I, we, they'd be on Zoom meetings like this. Hey, is, uh, is uh, Coop smoking a cigar in a Zoom meeting? Well, yeah, he's in his patio. So that, that was enjoyable. You know, liquor, uh, spirits went up uh, business-wise and, and tobacco does too. Usually when times are tough, first thing that goes up is tobacco and, and, uh, and liquor. So we've enjoyed that. We're, you know, surprisingly enjoyed that way for two years and now eventually people have to kind of get back to reality. You know, if, if even with the gas prices coming down a little bit, premium in California is still right around $5 a gallon, you know, uh, uh, you know, groceries are up, what, 20% across the board. At some point, people are going to start kind of saving their own money for other things and we're disposable income uh, hobby. So uh, I think that that'll help us. Obviously people have, when they have more money in their pockets, they're going to buy more cigars. So I think that, uh, you know, if things come back and the cost of living gets back to a uh, more, uh, comfortable place. I think that that money will help us in an industry.
0: Okay. Uh, PCA trade show. There's talk about moving this to New Orleans after next year, mm-hmm. uh, from Vegas. Do you care where the PCA trade show is?
2: I do. Um, personally, my preference is Vegas because I'm a West Coast yeah. kid. It's easy to travel, and I love Las Vegas. Um, the problem, it's not really a problem. What I, I dislike about New Orleans is not the locale. I don't mind going all the way to New Orleans. I, I, I love uh, the quarter. I love eating in that that city. The problem is the timing of that show. They usually move it to August, and I don't know whose decision that is. But New Orleans in August is absolutely miserable. More miserable than they, we than had. We happy.
0: we had one in August. I remember in 2010. Oh yeah, that oh, was yeah. brutal. I mean, but they're but they're talking April. They are talking I, April with this one. If it happens in
2: that case, yeah, that would that would uh, uh, that would definitely okay. be better yeah. for sure. You know, but so. But I don't mind either city, and I understand why. Because you know, a lot of the uh, East Coast uh, to uh, retailers are sometimes you know I, I don't blame them. They they think it's a much farther travel distance for them from the uh, from the East Coast to Vegas, even though it's really three and a half four hours from New York versus you know two hours from from California. It's almost halfway. Uh, you know, and it's comfortable for us because we can smoke everywhere, um, even if some of the consumers, I mean, the other casino guests don't like it. The casinos don't mind us there because you know we do what Vegas loves: we spend money, yep. we drink, we eat, uh, we gamble. So I, I think that's why I like it's New Orleans—they don't let us smoke in the casinos anymore. No. So you know, you, you remember those those six or seven stores in the in the quarter are going to be packed to the gills, and there's going to be events every night. It's just—it's going to be you know, I mean, if, if it's August, April might be different, but it's sticky and it's kind of uncomfortable, and yeah, that—that's yeah. my personal take Yeah, on. but I don't mind going there. I just it if it, you give me a choice, I would take Vegas. for
0: time. I would do. I would definitely do. And I remember, you know, those all Aaron. You weren't around when they had the August trade show, which was August fifteenth. They were doing it right. And <laughs> what was the? Yeah. Everyone was worried about hurricanes because yeah. that is, now you're into the yeah. hurricane season there.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. But so I didn't hear a lot of people complaining about the hurricanes. Uh. But but yeah, they they'd be crazy to move that to New Orleans in, in August. Uh, it just uh, yeah. it was just even when we had the last one in July, it was. You know, yeah. I, I think people have short memories in the industry, and I think when they realize they don't have some of the uh amenities they had in Vegas to do at night, yeah. it, it's and they have to go. Why have to go? Sure. They don't like going down the strip to a cigar place, right? Now yeah. you can ask them to go across town to Hemingways or something like that. It's gonna be tough. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's gonna and be tough. And so,
2: in my 20 years, I've been to 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 RTDA, IPCPR, PCA, Houston, Vegas, No New, New Orleans, Tampa. I think those are the four cities that I have uh, was in the rotation that uh, I've been. And uh, not one of them compares to Vegas, in, yeah. the, in my opinion.
0: So I, I I didn't go to Houston, but I've heard the stories from Houston. So I agree. Houston,
2: the problem with Houston was the logistics of it. There's downtown where the convention center was, yep. there's nothing. So we all cramped in that hotel, the host hotel, the entire cigar industry smoking up. I mean, by the second day, um, it looked like it was the pandemic because all the employees were wearing masks. You know, but they the, they could not kick us out because they changed the smoking ban to take effect after we left, and then all the restaurants and nice places in the Galleria were twenty minutes away, so there was no place for us yeah. to go. You know, that was part of the problem with Houston.
0: Know? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. All right, so. all right. So this is a couple more I got here. Uh, these are a little longer, so let's start with this first one. And this is something I heard you say on on Bear's show, and I want to kind of because I disagreed with it. So, but mm-hmm. I want to kind of get a little further sure. um, analysis on. So, you, I, and correct me if I didn't, if I'm saying this wrong. You I, said that 2022 was a very good year for cigars. A
2: yeah. lot
0: of us have disagreed with that. So, I want to get your take on that.
2: But when you say a lot of us, so you mean the the cigar media? Do you mean retail, a lot of us? An, a lot of us in the media.
0: I'm thinking it wasn't a good year for cigars. I'm going to say media. Would you
2: agree so, with that? Okay. Well yeah question... I mean and I don't yeah, know
1: if okay. it'll be all of media I would say it's probably a subset of media.
2: Okay. So my question is one um, uh, to to be more specific when you I when I get a question like that I'm thinking in terms of just straight business. Okay. So when you say it was not a good year do you mean because of the blends do you mean because of production or I mean, what do you mean when you say it was not a good
0: uh, year? Okay. I'm going to say I'm going to focus a lot of it on quality. I'm going to focus it a lot on um, obviously price points that were delivered for, you know, what was delivered for that price point. I, I just didn't see it this year. It just, you know, I didn't see a lot of great cigars come out. this year. There were some, but it seemed like it was a down year. I, I get that people are selling cigars, but, but I'm looking at it that way. So I
2: think the way that I answered this question, and I think that what, what, what I'm very show is that um, quality, you know, um, is again, sub, I mean, Unfortunately, we're talking about it in subjective terms. But I w- will say that I don't believe that the quality is down because, you know, how do we judge quality, right? All we can do is check the cigars for quality control, whether that's draw test machines, whether that's constantly testing the cigars off the table, checking them, you know, to see how they've been rolled, how they've been bunched, how they've been been wrapped. That's all we can do as an industry, right? And if we we go by our quality control measures. I do not think that uh, that uh, quality is more well, Quality is better than ever because if you walk into a humidor and you've got ten bucks, you're going to get. You know, um, you should not get a cigar that uh, uh, does not draw, that does not burn properly. If it's cared for, I mean, obviously we do because it's a handmade product. But I have not found a lot of inconsistent product. I mean, I smoke across six different companies um, and got you know multiple dozens of blends, and I will tell you that at least across what i'm smoking quality has been as good or 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 um and in my opinion that better than ever i don't get a lot of cigars that are plugged i don't get a lot of cigars that have burn issues um and i think we're, we're, we're doing our, our best to check that particular product now uh, blend wise that's a matter of opinion right we've always said pounds are different so you know and uh, i think i had this this kind of, kind of conversation with baron with ben is like you know we're educated smokers. We smoke a lot more. And so we know exactly what we're looking for that's going to impress us. And because of our, 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 our knowledge base, our what we've smoked, we have higher standards that we hold cigars to, right? Because I'm the same way. I will smoke something and, you know, within three or four puffs, is it going to impress me? Is it going to give me some different experience? It rarely happens that way because I've always smoked. But is it a good cigar? Is it a quality cigar? Absolutely it is. So, you know, my answer is, I, I don't think so. And I, I mean, it's my opinion. I think quality has, has never been higher. And, uh, you know, the selection of blends, even though they may seem similar, because again, you know, you're, you're only, there's only so many tobacco companies in the world that are selling things and, and people growing their own tobaccos that, you, you, you know, the raw materials are, are, are you know, uh, uh, restricted. Not restricted is the wrong word, but there's only so many tobaccos you can use and people are using the same things to make different blends. So we get a lot of similar things, derivative, derivative, you know, people don't do it on purpose, but you know, you just because of you're using the same materials. There's a lot of similarities in blends.
0: No question, there's a lot of similarities in blends. Um, I agree, but I I uh, this year I'm gonna speak from personal standpoint. Sure. I've seen more constructions with more construction problems than I've seen in a long time. Draw mm-hmm. issues, burn issues, um unfermented tobacco in blends. Um it, it just seems like and, and I don't want to name factories in this case because it's not fair, but Factories that I would expect that these things would not happen. Well, suddenly I'm getting problems with cigars, and I'm not just talking new cigars, but existing things that have been produced. For you. Something seemed off this year for me. I don't know how Aaron, how you feel on that, but that was what my feeling was.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been some of that. I think um, John's experienced that, that a bit more than me, but um, yeah, there's been a, there's been a slight downtick in regards to construction for me.
2: And again, you know, did your example of, you know, unfermented or under fermented tobacco, you know, most people don't know what that tastes like. And, you know, if you, if uh, I'll go, well, I agree with you. I agree it, with
0: you on that, by the way. But, i but shows, I'll throw yeah. the
2: counter argument to you is that, you know, I think that Nicaragua specifically has been a beneficiary of the fact that people don't know what and under fermented tobacco tastes like that I, spice I, level that's associated with that has become a a you know uh, something that's you know yeah part of our, our 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 makeup so you know let 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 the market dictate what the people smoke not uh, our personal opinion on how a cigar should be yeah. otherwise we got the same cigar for everybody right because everybody we only make it one way and everybody gets the same cigar
0: You know, know, look, I'm definitely agree with you on that piece because it's just and I see a lot of maybe newer reviewers coming in who are also newer smokers and and stuff like, you know, to me, it's like, well, this is this is not this this isn't what it should be, you know, so and I don't I'm not I I don't want to be. Yeah, and I don't want to knock people, but that's what I'm saying, at least. Well.
2: And I don't want to be an apologist for the, the cigar industry. I can mean, mm-hmm. where you're talking about what your experiences are. I can only tell you mine, right?
0: right?
2: And I would be honest if I was if I found you know that I thought that the the cigars were, you know, not smoking as well um, as as a as an industry as a whole. I would I would tell you. But again, I I smoke a very small segment because even though I've got those brands, this is what I'm focused on. I and I try and smoke you know everybody I can, but. I don't get to smoke other brands as often as I would like to. So again, maybe you've smoked on you know, certain brands that have are having certain issues. It's always possible too. So I don't want to discount what you're saying. I just, my personal experience for what I've been smoking, I haven't seen it as much.
0: Okay. That's a fair comment. That's a fair comment. I mean, and you have some good brands in there. There's no question about right. that too. So, I mean, yeah. Black Label has been, in my opinion, doing some great work the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've yeah, really absolutely. been on top of their game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's know, yeah. to mind. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and every one of those brands that I represent, they all have, you know, brand owners and 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 uh, operators that all have but, some kind of experience in this this business that this has helped all, has helped all of them. Right, I think that that's one of the strengths of my portfolio is that I've got you know real cigar people putting that stuff together, and, and that makes uh, all the difference in the world.
0: Okay, fair enough. The uh, I see what you're saying there. Um. All right, so the last question, this is a question I pulled out from like four years ago. We asked Dion, we went through this this with Dion. uh, And I just, for some reason, I wanted to go through it again with someone else tonight. Um, And what I'm going to do in this is I have a list of variables that are used. And I want you to put your hat on as a consumer here a little more. Mm -hmm. um, Variables that are used to make a cigar purchase, right? So I'm going to list some things. You got to tell me if that variable is very important to making a purchase, somewhat important. Or not important at all. So, for example, the first one is price. Is that very important to making a purchase? Somewhat important, or not important at all?
2: I want to say somewhere between somewhat and very because it's not quite middle, but you know, but it's not the, the be all, uh, the end all topic. So I, I'd say it's just important, right? In between, yeah. okay. I to.
0: Okay. I, I don't disagree with that either. I think uh, I agree because people we've seen people will pay for a cigar. If they really want to get there, and I think some of these other variables will factor into that. All right, the company behind the cigar.
2: Um, I want to say it's uh, not as important. Uh, what's the what's the last category?
1: Uh, not not, not all, important right? at all. Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, not in, not not important at all. But I'd like to lead you on. Know, not as important as people.
0: So I, yeah. I, this one I might disagree a little with because I see yeah. people, for example, they become black label fans. They now right. they're becoming fans of West Tampa, yeah. and they're getting behind it. I think just because they they're they're into the brand, they're into the people behind it. They I think it is a little more. That's why I say it's a more more. So Maybe you
2: asked the- me to you ask me to put my go ahead. Yep. Sorry, you asked me to put my consumer hat on. Right? Yep. And so- that's fair enough. Right, and so basically, you know, I'm spinning it based on on my experience I've seen in Okay, We do events.
0: No wrong answer here,
2: yep. Aaron Aaron heard me say this on on Bear Show. It's like, most people do not have the the education level in cigars that we do, right? So how do they judge their cigars? They don't know the difference between a Fuente and a core. They don't. They go by the band and they go by what the, the retailer tells them. So, you know, at that point, it's like, yeah, Oh, this is what? What makes this cigar thirty dollars? Well, it's an opus; it's very hard to get. Okay. And what makes this cigar ten dollars? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a Pedrone two thousand. It doesn't. The, those brands mean nothing to them. that ninety percent of the people, and so they buy the one that they feel is appropriate in the price point or strength wise. So I, that's why I say that to, to okay. the ninety percent of the people who don't buy cigars regularly, the brand doesn't matter to them because they don't know.
0: Interesting. So let's see how these next questions go based on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But some of these may fall into the same category you could tell me mm-hmm. but now i'm going to take i'm going to take the company out of it and i'm going to put the person in there right mm-hmm. so like an eric espinoza a james brown yes. um a uh, uh rick rodriguez right how mm-hmm. important is the purchase now with the person behind the brand
2: yes i think that matters a lot more okay um, and and that is because you know now more than ever the the brand owners and and the brand representatives get on the road more. And that, you know, that president was set by the name, you know, Phil in the blank year. Was it Pete Johnson? Was it Rocky Patel? Those right. guys did that. They went out, you know, Rocky, I work for Rocky 320 days a year on the road. And so, you know, it's funny because you talk to like, you know, it's the big smoke or you go to, you go to uh, some event somewhere and guys will always say the same thing to me. Oh, you know, I met uh, Carlito Fuente at the big smoke or, or I sat with Jorge Pedrone at a, a table at some lunch Oh, but I went and had a drink with Rocky. Oh, here's me and Rocky partying in in Bourbon Street. You know, it it matters. They have a connection and they'll buy a cigar. Again, they may not know the brand, but they know they're buying it from Rocky Patel because I met him. Or they're buying it from Eric Espinoza because I met him. You know, he told me the story about, bro, I said this. You know, those things have an impact more so than seeing an ad in a cigar aficionado with Eric's face on it. I do believe that.
1: you muted again, Coop. Come on! I think you've done this <laughs> shit more than I heard you've done 253 it's, of these. There he yeah, goes. Just Aaron, Aaron <laughs> cutting on me.
0: Uh, I'm trying because I, I had to open the door here. Um, I didn't want the noise to come. You know, I've seen it with media. It's kind of funny when they're newer media and they go to their first trade show. And what do they do? They come back. Wow, I went to uh Ernesto Perez Carrillo's booth, and I I talked to Ernesto. It's like you know, you see it happen. It's and then eventually, you know, as they get more experience, it, it, it changes. They realize. Um, uh, you know, everyone puts on the same underwear the same way, you know, so yeah, you know, so yeah, well, yeah I it's get, the I, same,
2: it's the same with new reps, too, yeah. right? Guys who come from the consumer side who, yeah. you know, maybe they're great salespeople, they have, you know, and so they, 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 this is their first run through, and, and they say, Oh my goodness, those, that's, you know, so and so. I'm like, Yeah, you know, you're gonna get used to this because every one of these people that you've seen in magazines or you've seen on, on, uh, podcasts or social media. You're gonna see them in this room, and they're just normal people. right? You know, yeah. they might be a little, you know, weird in other places, but other than that, you know, you're gonna smoke a cigar with them. They're just normal people. You know, people would ask me the same thing for Rocky. I'm like, the only time I want to see Rocky signature or anything is is on my paycheck. I make that joke. You know, <laughs> you know he, he uh, he's he, yeah, he's he's one of the best people in this business. i very again. I've learned a lot in that situation. You, you take from that situation. That's the best thing you can do. But yeah, people get starstruck. It does. You because know? again, celebrities there are celebrities in this business for sure.
0: The, the one guy I never saw get starstruck is 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 on this call tonight. It's Aaron, I've never seen yeah. this guy get starstruck yeah well, i never did uh he's probably the one of no, a few guys I, have i, mean, I i've this. gotten starstruck i gotta be honest with you We're early on i did so i'm not
1: gonna lie but yeah well, Aaron, i might Aaron get might starstruck if if somebody in the Aliva booth gave me attention i might be starstruck <laughs> i'm gonna make oh, that, that gonna happen you that. you're gonna you're gonna get that happen next year <laughs> yeah
2: who, who do you yeah, want kind of... you yeah you know a bunch of people in this business who do you want to meet yeah. you, want, you want Jose say to shake your hand and we can make that happen
1: I mean, I just want – doesn't he have to shake my hand? Just look in my direction. That's all I'm asking. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've, been, I,
0: I, I've been picking on everyone for not covering the Oliva booth yeah. this year at the trade show. Yeah. Well, uh, you
2: know, and we all know Aaron's grumpiest man in the cigar of right. So nobody yep. wants to talk
0: to him anyway. So. I mean, yeah. no one talked to him when he was working the warp booth. Last year. That's right. <laughs> well, that,
2: that – no, okay. I won't say anything there, so. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, he was the only one in the war, Bruce. <laughs> <Right>. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, factory that makes the cigar. Which one? What? Uh, the factory that makes the cigar is that very important? Yeah. someone
2: That that's only important to to, okay. to the cigar nerd.
0: I uh, agree. You know? I agree with you on that yeah. one too. Yeah.
2: Because again, it's one of those things where it's no longer a business where everybody <clears throat> owns their own factories. Collaboration is very very big. You know, everybody wants somebody made by AJ. You know, they, somebody wants everybody wants something blended by Dion. I mean, you look at Dion did the Excalibur number one from General Cigar. You know, Espinosa's got the War Zone. It, it's no longer as important because you know, and, and uh, things are made in other places. You know, it's the same, and and so it's more dependent on the cigar. I mean, if you knew that factory, doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, if you're not an uh, educated smoker who falls on this kind of stuff. If I gave you uh, an aging room made by Adrian Fernandez, does any of that mean anything to
0: you? Yeah. No, I I, I agree on this one. You know, the only one you mentioned those. You know, you were mentioning um, when when General did the cigar for Espinoza, the War Zone. They really promoted that cigar as it was their own. That was right. the like the Dion cigar. I don't think had the, had the pull because no one was really promoting that cigar. Yeah. It really, it, it really wasn't. Yeah.
3: Well,
2: and it shows you the difference uh, in companies' philosophies on social
0: media, yeah,
3: right?
2: Yeah. Eric is very good at, at that promoting um, that kind of stuff. And Dion is very much more subdued. He's got, you know, we've got social media teams that do that. Yep. You know, he'll do videos and things, but it's not really, self, you know, self-aggrandizing isn't his thing.
0: Yeah. You know, no, I, cigar, I, that, you know <clears throat> go out and smoke it. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. All right. Now, how about the country that makes the cigar? Is that important? No, not at all. I, 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 the only I, exception I say is when people track down Cubans because yes. they want the, forbid, the forbidden <laughs> and, fruit. But I agree with you yeah, on yeah,
2: yes, but you know my 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 speech on that my my take on that is very simple. Look, If you took the bands off and you put a Dominican, a Nicaraguan, a Honduran, a Cuban cigar in front of the average cigar smoker, and you lit it up and tell them, "Hey, identify a country of origin." how many do. people can yeah, do that Absolutely, no
0: that. a lot of people all of us so, can't so, do it i mean yeah, you can well, probably tim but but a lot yeah, of us can't yeah.
2: yeah yeah and i might i might score 30 percent, right yeah. If i'm lucky you know I'm, I'm not hector i'm not dion i can I man yeah 98 criollo from this field in the back of yeah. the Esteli- no, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. so that that's why you know again yeah. purchase wise yes but smoking wise no because most people can't tell you the difference
0: i i don't disagree with that yeah all right wrapper to cigar
2: um again you know i, I no. um it's, it's basically i mean i was this when we did this with a bear a little bit it only comes down to three questions for me right how long how strong how much so that that's what consumers generally the ones that yeah. don't smoke regularly so i could sit there and tell you this is a broadleaf maduro uh, that was done in pennsylvania it's part of the the 2018 harvest yeah it does Again, does it make a difference if I, you know, said, "Well, this 2019 instead of 2018 harvest"? Oh, I I only want the 18. You know, again, again, it doesn't.
0: Did Did we lose Tim's Tim's mic?
2: Is that my mic? Oh, my, did my headset
0: die? It might have died. Yep. Okay, we hear you. My my AirPod died. So yeah. Okay, we're getting towards the end. Yeah, Yeah, we're getting towards the end. yeah. Yeah.
2: It's okay. I got the microphone here, so I just
0: admire what's okay. did. So, okay, but you know,
2: it, it, it's one of the, like I said, it, it's it only matters to the people who really care about. It. You know, again, we we my, I fight a greater battle on a daily basis about the color, right? Oh, this is a dark cigar. Is it stronger? No, not necessarily, right? People think it's Maduro. It's going to be stronger. No, not necessarily. That's a greater battle that I that I fight versus actually. Oh, I want a Broadly from
0: 2019. Yep. All right. So the next question, I think you're going to answer the same. I was going to say the tobacco is inside of it. Even if someone promotes saying, I got de oro in this or this rare leaf. I mean, is that anything you, you think that moves it?
2: And like I said, it matters to us. And yeah, so yeah, it was me and I'm making a buying decision. Yeah. And I'm and I'm focused on Pelle or I'm focused on Coroio 98 from, uh, you know, from Esteli. Yeah. But uh, again, 90% of the average person. I made this point with Ben last week on, on Bear Show or two weeks ago. It's like, if I really, because he, he said they wanted to know what every leaf in that blend was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I told you this was Criollo 98 versus Criollo 99, could you taste the difference? Right. No. <laughs> you know? and I don't care what he says. No, you cannot. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that isn't really that important to you.
0: you know, right. Do you like the cigar? Right.
2: That's more important. Does it tastes right. good? Like, you
0: know. Yeah. All right. Packaging of the cigar. Yeah, that one, I think, matters, right? It does. It really does. I do. It does.
2: Because, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of the, uh, the, um, the total wine and uh, Bevmo mentality. Because you walk into a, a humidor and it's 400 square feet and there's cigar bands in every direction pointing at you and you know nothing about it. And you see the, the shelf talkers I like got 90 this, 91 this it's all a little overwhelming. So what is what do you go back to? I mean, the color. I mean, as much as good as Opus X is, it's the cigar that was driven by that band. Right. And I don't that, I don't mean to be, I'm not trying to uh, to um you know undermine what they're doing or to you know can't kind of say that. But you see that red, you see that gold, it's fantastic. I'm gonna take one of those. That's what it boils down to. Same with the with the wine. You know, you want Merlot, there's a thousand Merlots on the shelf. What are you gonna pick? The one that has the best Label. That's so. I think packaging matters.
0: Yep, I agree with you on that. Availability of cigar, like it, like it doesn't matter if it's limited or not a limited.
2: Yeah, I want. I wish I could say that uh, it doesn't matter, but it absolutely matters, right? Um, and it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a double edged sword, right? It's great for consumers because then you always have a new cigar that you're chasing, but it gets frustrating. And as a retailer, you know, you get asked for these cigars that you don't you have necessarily have access to. So, you know, those, that, that consumer's going someplace else looking for that cigar and you can't, uh, you know, you, do you have the opportunity to convert him to some of other stuff in the humidor? So, you know, it makes consumers very single-minded in their, their, their uh, quest to get that cigar. And I won't lie, I, I mean, I was part of that too. When I was getting started, I searched for Añejo uh, Fuente every Christmas I went looking for between the lines. I went looking for sharks, you know, whatever it was, I did the same thing. So, you know, it's yeah. great to come up interest, but it just makes us as an industry, our lives, you know, more difficult because, you know, that's all you get asked for is in the midst of.
0: Yep, I agree. Vitola.
2: Well, again, now that's important to us, right? So, yes, because that, that's, that that third question I asked was how long? How much time do you want to smoke for? So, you know, um. You can explain to them how a Robusto is going to smoke different than a Corona, but it just comes down to Robusto, 45 minutes, Corona, 35, 40, you know, give them that time frame and that's enough. They they don't really necessarily want to know that difference. Now, if they ask me that question, does does the thinner one smoke differently from the thicker one? Ding, ding, ding. Of course. Now you're going to get the lesson from me, but um, I think it only matters to people who smoke regularly because they know the difference.
0: I, that one I may disagree a little on, because I do know some people like like who ask me for cigar recommendations, and there's one person that's coming to mind and if if this thing ain't a fifty six ring gauge, he doesn't want to be bothered with it.
2: That is a different person. If I get asked that question, what do you smoke? Well, then I'm gonna tell you well, I prefer forty six and I right. think- so if you ask me that question, I'm gonna give you more specific information but, right. you know if you tell me that uh, I only smoke fifty six, well, guess what I'm gonna sell you a fifty six because that's what you want, yeah. you know.
0: I, I've never heard anyone saying, well, I only smoke torpedo or I only smoke perfect. That I don't see. Yeah. But I think someone's with the gauge, it, they, there are some people, and then, you know, there's some there are other connoisseur people who won't smoke gaining above a 50. So I went through a
2: torpedo phase. I did when I was yeah. starting this business. I, I love I do love that shape. But yeah, you know, if you don't know how to cut it, you know what's going on with it, it, it can affect your enjoyment of that cigar. Yeah. and if you cut too much, you might as well buy a twirl. Yeah. So you know, you gotta really take some extra time to Say hey, you know how to cut that, right? And then give them an education on on why you're paying for that that
0: tip. All right, I got two more for you. Okay. Online media's cigar rating. So this is the online media guys we're talking about. And then the second one, just to let you know, is going to be cigar aficionados. So I'll do. We'll do both of them at the same time.
2: So I'll answer that question at the same time too, right?
0: Yep, um, You know, and you could be honest here, so, because uh, I have a feeling on this too. Look, at,
2: at the end of the day, right, those yep. ratings
0: are, yep. are supposed to serve
2: one purpose and one purpose only for us as an industry. And that is to help us get information on the product out and help sell that product, right? And if you go, you bottom line all these ratings, the only, only rating that makes any difference to anything in this business is number one from a cigar aficionado? That's yep. the only rating that moves the needle. Now, is it nice to get nineties and ninety fives and seven point threes from uh, developing pallets or whatever number it might be? I still don't understand. You know, Twenty years in this business, I still don't understand your system. Uh, but it, okay.
0: It, uh, oh, I want to ask Tim. Wait before you, I want to answer. Do you yeah. do you follow Dave Portnoy's pizza ratings? I do not. Okay, so that because a lot of people, will, if you follow the pizza ratings, he does. It's very similar concept
2: which is what? And oh, the, the uh, Yeah, one,
0: yeah. The, how he does yeah. one to ten on that. It, th- yeah. There's almost identical, in a way, yeah. how they do it. That's why I'm yeah. saying that. But if you right. don't, then that's a fair. That's why it's fair.
2: And so, again, it's one of those things where, of course, I'll read that, and I want to know what other people's opinions are on a cigar. But, you know, you've got, how many, what, 200 now, 250 viable cigar uh, uh, online media that, that will do reviews that you would consider to be legitimate reviews? it's hard to absorb all that as a consumer or as somebody in this business, you know, so, you know, I'll read what's on half wheel. I'll read what's on cigar aficionado. I'll read what you guys are doing. Um, but again, you know, it's it sort of glance over it. Okay. You read the first two paragraphs. All right. What's the score? That's what it comes down to, you know? And so um, obviously this, the magic number is 90. That's why a lot of magazines use that same scale because it looks great on a shelf <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, again, you look at the, the one time of the year that, that, that matters. is that top 25 list. We just got from the scar out you know, you as a retailer, people, you know, I know for the next month, guys are going to walk in with that page. I want every one of the scars on this page. So again, that makes a difference for us too, but that's the one
0: that moves the needle. And yep. that's what we look for. for well, security. that's an on Santa. answer. It's an honest answer. Yep. I don't disagree with that, by the way. So,
2: And like you said, you know, it's great to get the, it's great to get acknowledgement. It's great to, to, to be, um, you know, uh, uh, lauded by your peers. Again, don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting everything, but the one that moves that needle is is that one list.
0: Yeah, I mean, I even I'll even go a step further. I've said this a hundred times. Number twenty five is more important on that list than number one on my list. Yeah, I'm being honest here. Yeah, I've said that, yeah. and people, and I've had I've had manufacturers deny it, and then I see them do it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm <they're> saying. <laughs>
2: And you know, like I said, I, I feel bad for for you know, feel bad is the wrong word, but you know, yeah. You, know, you look at Rocky; he gets number two all the time, and it helps, but it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. got number you're one from me, but he was more
0: excited about the number two. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not lying. I mean, it is what you're, it is. You're this close to the yeah.
2: prize, and it's like yeah,
0: man, yeah. you know, yeah. And
2: you lose it to you lose it to a cohiba. Hard shot. Was, was it cohiba? a up, man.
0: Eight man. Number two. Yeah, you you lose it to a Cuban. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, anything else before we wrap up?
1: No, I think we're
0: good. Hey, uh, Tim. First of all, I want to thank you very much for being of on. Course. It was great to catch up uh, about uh, this. Um, so uh, you, you definitely are a wealth of knowledge here, and we really appreciate you. Uh, we wish you the best, you know, going into next year. Um, thank you. Looks-
3: yeah.
2: Also yeah. well, say I appreciate it. You just let me talk for a couple of hours. Yeah, you know, I'll always <laughs> do that.
0: So. No, it's you know, great. Me,
2: wind me up and let me go. No,
0: it's yeah, it's great. I- i got a cover
2: for the man of uh you know of uh of uh heavy uh language in Aaron Aram- yep. Lewis.
3: So you know, That's
0: right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh um, just coming up programming wise, um, I'll mention I want to mention a couple things. So uh next Tuesday, uh Bear and I are gonna do a special edition with Tom Lazuka. Um, and there'll be a couple of jukebox shows on pre recording, but after that, I am taking a podcast break <laughs> of everything uh for, for about three weeks. Um, that's include no guests or anything. I'm I'm just gonna be uh, off the podcast grid. But Cigar Coop will be going strong. I need a break. Um, and we have I some schedule. I heard stuff. you were
2: going fishing with Gabe
0: Kaplan. The Gulf for next. I I am not going fishing <laughs> with Gabe Kaplan. He denied my lunch. I wanted to have lunch with him at, at Oracle Park, and he. You know, he <laughs> and I put that out there. He didn't respond. So no, I'm not. doing it. But Aaron, but we do have our next show scheduled. It will be um primetime episode 254 on. January nineteenth with Juan Lopez of Gurkha Cigars, so that was always an entertaining show. So, uh, but there'll be a couple of jukeboxes where we're, we're pre-recording. Dave, Dave's coming back to the states, so we're gonna be doing that. But otherwise, I'm taking a break. <laughs> so, uh, I gotta, I gotta finish the end of year stuff too. So the coop stuff will still be going on the website, but podcast wise, I'm just gonna stop speaking for a, a few weeks because <laughs> uh, it's uh, I need a break. So, schedule wise, but appreciate it. All right, Aaron, thanks again. Tim, thank you again. Thanks to our audience as usual. And that's going to wrap up Primetime Episode 253 into the annals of history for Thursday, December 22nd. Now, Friday, December 23rd on the East Coast. We'll see everybody next time. Take care, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yes. All right.